Hey guys, welcome to Spencer Talks About Stuff. I have an exciting week coming up for you guys and some awesome guests. I am really, really hoping one of this week's guests does not fall through because it is my first real quote-unquote local celebrity coming on. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I am also now live on Spotify and Stitcher. There are no amendments today. For Spencer's favorites, I'm only going to talk about one thing, mental health and suicide prevention. If you are depressed and have suicidal thoughts, you need to know that there is always someone to talk to and there is always help. You can find light in the darkest of places and you should not keep this to yourself. Tell a friend, tell a significant other, tell a family member, and if you do not have someone close who you can talk to, please, please call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at one 800 273 8255. Once again, that is the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. On the other end of this, know that your actions have consequences. Smile at people, ask them how their day is, sit down and have a conversation with them, show people that you care. You may be saving someone's life and not even know it. Without further ado, here's episode 19 of Spencer Talks About Stuff. All right, welcome to episode 19 of Spencer Talks About Stuff. Today I have Tyler Shoemaker. He's a former Boise State Bronco, and he's a striker sports med rep. So how's it going? Gerke, hello. Hello. I'm doing well. Good. Thanks awesome. for having me, man. Yeah, of course. So I was going to ask you, for some reason I thought you did trauma for striker, mm-hmm. but what do you do with sports med? So trauma, you probably got the connection to uh, Daryl Acree because yep. he's on that side. Yeah. So sports med, just a different division of striker, and my products are all focused around uh, soft tissue repair. So ACL, meniscus repair in the knee, hip labrum, shoulder uh, labrum, rotator cuff, things like that. So yeah. more of a disposable um, kind of one-off usage per surgery. You know, Daryl's more like hardware, screws, plates, stuff like that. And okay, like broken any, bones and correct. stuff. Correct. Okay. Yep. So all bones. And then ortho is more like the total joint side. So knee replacement, hip replacement, uh, total and reverse shoulders. So yeah. Gotcha. Kind of that. So there's there's kind of three different categories of striker reps then, like sports med. Dude, there's like 23 divisions of striker. Oh, my God. <laughs> so there's Well, like, I know that they have like beds and stuff. Yep. Like so that medical, kind of. um, safety is one. So that would be like smoke evacuation in the OR or like slipper mat like slippery surface mats yeah um what else is there ent okay um so all kind of ear nose and throat um i mean do they do like they do do they do heart stuff too Mm -hmm. okay yep so we're all over the board i mean defibrillators you know we can outfit an ambulance we can outfit a general practice facility yeah all the way to like a level two trauma center you know what i mean like that that's just the Striker's done a really good job of just being very wide and deep with their product offerings Yeah. through acquisitions, through, I mean, I think they've, over a hundred years we've been a company, you know, and it's just like a Damn. huge, huge organization. So. I guess I, I always thought, I always thought it was just like surgical stuff, mm-hmm. screws, plates. Yeah. But everybody, everybody asks me, it's like, are you the bed company? Cause that's oh. where I guess most people see it. Well, and people, I'm like, yeah. People on the floor, people on the floor at St. Al's, they just call the beds like the strikers get this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go grab yep. a striker wheelchairs. I've seen a bunch of as of late, you know, it's just kind of funny. And I don't know. I was always very anti like big business. I don't know for what I, I wanted to do more like what you're doing, you know, more entrepreneurial. Yeah. You know, I'm going to build my own business. Da, 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 da. And then, um, you know, cause just that big multi, 
divisional um, behemoth of a company just never appealed to me. Yeah. But now that I'm like in it and, and kind of in a sports med is a very small division within this huge universe of striker, but yeah. it's kind of cool to see how, you know, how many different avenues a striker can take to get business and work with these um, hospitals and surgeons. It's, it's pretty impressive. I yeah. Mean, yeah. They do a good job on such a huge scale. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think there's something to be said about big companies and there's something to be said about small companies mm -hmm. too. Cause with a big company, I don't know how cutthroat it is at striker, but I know some big sales companies, like if you lose in a, a big account or something, they'll fire you on the spot. So oh, that, yeah. That's something that does not appeal to me about those big companies, but I don't know what strikers like. I mean, it definitely is. And there's, you know, hard benchmarks. There's quotas every year. There's quote, there's never quota like relief unless you're uh, on paternity leave. Really? Yeah. Other than that, like every year your quota is going to go up every year. You're going to have to go out and sell more. I don't know if there's a set limit on like, Hey, you missed two quotas. You're gone. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it varies per manager and per division and all that, but there is a strong focus on production. Yeah. And so if you don't produce, you know, we'll find somebody who can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, super competitive to get into. I mean, like the interview process alone is, you know, sometimes months long. Wow. So it's, it's, it is competitive. I kind of like that pressure in some ways. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. from what we did yeah. and being the athlete and the competitor anyway, it's like nerve wracking when you first start. But once you get a feel for it, you're like, oh, fuck this. Like, yeah. I can do this. Yeah. I'm just That's, set it and go get it. You know what I mean? The, the most extensive interview I ever went through was for the secret service. And I don't, yeah, did, yeah. did I tell you about doing that? I remember you were going through it. I don't never know if we got into detail of like that whole experience for you though. I bet that was interesting it, it to was, say the least. It was very interesting, but it was cool. Cause like, I felt the same way. Like I kind of mm -hmm. thrived under the pressure and I liked, I liked knowing, like I saw another candidate one time and I was like, I, I know I can do way better than that guy. Yep. I mean, it was just like, yep. you have that confidence. Absolutely. Playing in front of 80,000 people or whatever. Dude. So, um, so what, where, how did that all end up like for you with that, through that process there, was there like an endpoint? Are you still, would you still like have an interest in that? Or is that something like, uh, kind of how did that all shake out? I don't know. I, I've, I've kind of shifted away from law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Um, I did have an interest in law enforcement, but Cause you were criminal justice. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I did criminal justice undergrad and, I got my master's in criminal justice too. And I actually, yesterday I went down, I met with the public policy. I think it's the school of school of, Oh gosh, public safety or something, but mm -hmm. it's the school of public safety. And I think sociology, like you can get your MPA in okay. there too. You can get a PhD in public policy. So I actually went down there and met with them and I'm more interested in like the social side of criminal justice now. Okay. Um, I kind of shifted away from, wanting to do law enforcement that's um, catching bad guys more helping people or what yeah it's more you know theories behind why people do the things they do okay um and how local government plays into it you know why does why does one law work better in one city than it does in a different city i oh, mean it's yeah. just studying those little nuances mm -hmm. um and i'd be able to study under the gal that i got my master's degree from so she would kind of take me under her wing yeah um so i I'm not, I, I don't know why I'm not as interested in law enforcement, in law enforcement anymore. Um, the federal side of things is very interesting to me. Sure. You know, catching terrorists, what CIA does, what the FBI does, those types of things. Um, but I think, 
I think it was a blessing in disguise that I did not get hired by the Secret Service because mm-hmm. I would have had to leave and go to Washington for five years and work in Washington. Oh, okay. Um, I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have started sure. my business. Totally different path. Yeah, totally different path. So I think it was a blessing in disguise. Um, but it was a good experience to go through. I learned a lot. Yeah. I learned a lot about what the Secret Service does. Yeah. And, um, it was a good opportunity and it was, it was fun. So that's cool. Was there, did you have to do or through that process? How much of it is like physical, uh, interviews and, you know, specs, I guess that you have to meet versus the intellectual side and testing and, you know, interviews type stuff. So I had to take two tests. I took this, I took the special agent test and then I took the uniform division test. Okay. And then I got through on the special agent side, but I failed the um, uniform division side. Hmm. So I got I got to do a panel interview. I got to do a polygraph with a, I think he was a secret service agent, but like all he did was polys. So he had like specialized in polygraphs. Sure. So he would go around the country, and uh-huh. flew into Boise for my polygraph. And it was five hours long. Oh my gosh. And when I got done with it, I felt like the biggest piece of shit because <laughs> they like, like literally there's nothing positive that you talk about. It's like, you know, you go through a questionnaire and then you answer some things a certain way. And it's like, oh, you did that in college. Let's probe that a little bit further. And oh, it's yeah. like they go down rabbit holes with everything. And so you, they basically get you to admit like all these terrible things you've done. And then they say, they give you a chance. They're like, is there anything else that we should talk about? Try and it's just keep opening the door. Yeah, totally. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, how, like I could think about a million things that are horrible, you know, but it's like. What do they really care about or what do they really want to know? Or it's like, it's almost like a mind fuck because I was going to say, are they just mind? Like, is it just mind games at that point? Or are they just trying to get you to like really open up or, or to see if you're more calculated or you I, know what I mean? Like, I don't know what that, what the such an interesting goal line of questioning, of you know, to yeah. get that deep into your life and make you almost feel bad. You're like, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> so, so they ask you all those questions and then you're not hooked up to the machine. Oh, then they hook you up to the machine and they basically go through and they say, you answered no on this. Is that correct? And you, they wouldn't even let me speak out loud. I had to nod and shake my head because when I spoke, it like made the sensors go too crazy or I guess I was too fidgety or something. Yeah. It's weird. You have a very nice speaking voice. I bet it was uh, just throwing that machine for a loop. (laughs) Well, they make you sit on a pad and then your feet are on a pad too. So if you like fidget, they know. And then there's, there's like a coil thing they put around your chest and then a coil thing they put around your waist. And then I think I had like a pulse ox- oximeter mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. and then maybe something on my wrist too that like measured how much I was sweating. Oh it was, God. it was insane, dude. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, so you were the terrorist getting interviewed. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. the <laughs> applicant, applicant, right. Okay. But it's like, yeah, I, you know, did you ever drive a car when you probably shouldn't have driven the car? And it's like. Yes. Well, well, yeah, in college, you know, maybe I was over the limit or you're not in your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, then it's like, okay, how many other times? Like, is two beers too many? Is three beers too many? Like, and then you start playing that mind game. Yeah. Uh Yeah. So, well, probably like most times they go to dinner and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But no, it was fun. It was, it was cool. But unfortunately, I didn't get hired. Blessing in disguise. But I, I kind of got recruited out of Boise state because one of my professors was married to a secret service guy in Boise. Oh, and so, okay. So that was, was the connection to get kind of the ball rolling. Yes. Yeah. And I don't remember, or I don't know if you remember like in 2012 when the stuff came out about the secret service in like South America and they were with hookers and stuff. 
And then there, there were like three incidents right in a row where it was like the hooker thing in South America. Um, then a Secret Service agent crashed his car like right in front of the White House and he had been drinking. I do remember that Yeah, around and, that time frame. And then there was one other thing. And then they went through a few different directors of the Secret Service. So it was like they they didn't like the candidates they were getting. And mm-hmm. so they gave the special agents more autonomy to like recruit guys. Gotcha. And so that's how I got recruited for it. Had you met the husband then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. you kind of knew him. And- he he was actually going through grad school with me. So he was getting his criminal justice degree. So we had a good, I mean, we'd go out and get dinner and stuff. Yeah. So I didn't feel like it was too much pressure, like during the interviews and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So nice dude. Yeah. It was fun. And then, so from that, is that when you started saying, no, what was your, what's kind of been your work path? Like, cause you're at St. Al's now. Yep. So I, when I finished football, I was in grad school. Okay. And so I just needed a job, Mm -hmm. you know, while I was still going to school. So I got a job in supply chain at St. Al's and I was right. throwing boxes in the storeroom okay. and I kind of had like the line level thing. I came in as like the bottom of the barrel guy and then I got promoted and then I got promoted again and I was the manager of the warehouse at St. Al's. And so it was distribution, purchasing. That's right. Because you and I had talked when I was working at Armstrong Transport oh, yeah, about yeah. some trucking, transportation, yep. logistics stuff, very yep. bottom line. And then, then you left. Change it up. Yeah, right? so I, I switched over to um, Treasure Valley Lab. That's right. I wanted is, to say LabCorp for some reason, but it's TVL. Right? Yeah, so okay. we, we do work with LabCorp, but they're kind of like one of our direct competitors too. Oh, gotcha. Um, but yeah, I switched over because St. Al's wholly owns TVL now, and they had kind of a transition team. And so I, I went and talked to the lab director and said, hey, I want to come work for you because it was more, wouldn't be stuck in an office, wouldn't be stuck in the warehouse. I'd right. be out talking to doctors. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fun. still, still where I'm at now. Sometimes doctors are annoying though. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, pull the mic just a little bit closer, dude, we should crack our brews. I totally forgot. Yes. Um, so stick of the podcast is guests bring their choice of beverage. So what did you bring? I brought a Georgetown brewing Johnny Utah pale ale. All right. Na- um, named after the famous quarterback from, uh, I don't even know. Point break. Point. Yeah. Point break. Yep. Yep. I don't so, know what college you went to though. Uh, oh yeah. I don't know what the original <laughs> is. I, that, I just gave ode to point break and Keanu Reeves. Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I got this. I'm a big Georgetown brewing. I like the Bodie and I like the Lucille, um, is, IPAs. Is Bodie named after Bodie from point break? Well, it's Bodie Zaffa, but now uh, that I saw this, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe it's like <laughs> a, a point break. Uh, yeah. Like run of these beers. Cheers, yeah. Man. Cheers, man. Um, but yeah, this is new, and this is doing something new, being on your podcast. So I figured we'd try something new. Awesome. It's delicious. Very drinkable. Very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seattle. Seattle, nice and light for the summertime, you know? It's hot <laughs> out there. I love I love when they have like their own thing, like certain brands like put funny stuff on their cans. Yes. And these cans say, please refrigerate, warm beer sucks. Warm beer sucks. <laughs> what does it say? Uh, darn tasty pale. Yeah. Darn tasty. Yeah, I like these guys. I think every beer of theirs that I've had, I've at least drank and been very pleased with. So, yeah. but Bodhisattva, I think that's that's my top right now. What uh, what's those. what kind of beer is that? IPA. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. I tried a couple nice IPAs at um, Ten Barrel the other day. Oh yeah, and they have Ten good ones. They're selling cans uh, like out of the out like of the restaurant go. now. Yeah, nice. And they have one called the Boise Strong Pale Ale, Ooh. and 
I think like all the proceeds from it are going to like help local businesses. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. They brewed it like right when the lockdown happened. Okay. And then they had another one and I think it's called like, it's just called like river beer or something, Uh, but it's like a lighter pale Mm -hmm. ale. Kind of like their daytime pale. Yeah. It kind of, kind of tastes like this. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was going to ask you, what was your work path when you got done? Dude. I know you kind of. I bounced around. Yeah, you bounced around a little um, bit. It took me a while to find something that I think really caught my interest uh, or, or more of like a passion than an interest. I mean, all work was a little bit intimidating going from, you know, what we did, trying for the NFL, you know, college, you know, after trying for the NFL and then kind of being in this transitionary period did, of did, figuring out life. Did you go to a camp? I went to, yeah. So I signed with um, Tampa Bay okay. right after my senior year, um, just free agent signing, went there, got hurt in rookie mini camp the last day. And so ended up leaving Tampa, kind of just mutually parting ways. Um, kind of unsure if I was ever going to play again. Yeah. Ended up, it was a stress fracture in my lower back, got healthy and was able to kind of recover from it. And so then that was 2012 and 2013, I ended up um, signing with the chiefs in January of 2013, same thing, free agent deal came and did a workout. And then Basically spent the entire off season and preseason, so um, spring training, um, rookie camp again, and all through fall camp, and then got cut the last day of training camp. So, gotcha. Um, kind of one of those things. It was just like you know, go through the process and yeah, cl- r- close but no cigar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> A lot of us saw. But. Well, it was it was cool hearing you guys when the other day we got together for Dan's one year mm-hmm. uh, anniversary since he passed away. And hearing you guys that went and played in the NFL for a little bit, hearing the stories about like it sucked back then, but looking back on it, like how cool it is that you guys were able to do that. It was cool. I mean, you know, you have guys like Shay there and you see Dice or any of those guys. And sometimes you're like, man, I didn't really do it. You know, I kind of consider like a like a tweener, like I was there, but not fully there. Yeah. I mean, Um, yeah, you didn't make the team, but you right. still got to go through camp and stuff. Yeah, and, it was yeah. A, that part of it was awesome experience. It was super cool. I mean, like I said, you line up and put your your uh, preseason game clothes on, you know, your jersey on and everything. And you're looking over, and it's Alex Smith and yeah. Jamal Charles and like all these ballers. So yeah. it, it does feel cool. I mean, it kind of makes you feel like you're you're there. But yeah, um, yeah, just the the experience in there and meeting people and seeing what that next level really is was eye-opening at the same time i think it's more of a mindset when you get there it's just it's approaching it more of like yeah this is it like this is my job and now being out in the work world i kind of see how my mindset wasn't necessarily as it was because it was it is different than college you know what i mean college yes you have football but then you also have the social life and you also have school and you also have other stuff going on yeah when you get to the nfl if you're not fully invested into football being you know, that nine to five, that big chunk of your life that you're putting a majority of your effort into, Yeah, you're not going to make, I mean, it's just not going to work out. Yeah. And, I, and I think me personally, looking back now, I probably didn't have the right mindset going into either of those camps. Yeah. Better Kansas city. Cause I had kind of gotten that first feel in Tampa, but Tampa, no way, dude, I was totally unprepared mentally for what that experience was going to be like. The, not necessarily the external pressure from like, I mean, I didn't feel like support of the people here or my family or anything was that was that external pressure but like the the pressure to de- perform and yeah. the demand to be like ball out every single day every practice never let it you know what i mean like that was like 
just yeah. practice, man. Like I'm just, I'm still trying to figure out like the play calls. Yeah. You're, you're mad that I didn't moss that guy. Like, yeah. come on, dude. Yeah. But I get it now. You know what I mean? Like that's what they have to see if you're really ready to start advancing to that level. But yeah. it was really cool. Yeah. I, mean, I, I loved it. Yeah. I mean, it's cool to talk about and, you know, say it was that close, but yeah. Um, but anyway, once all that ended, then it was like a barrage of bang, bang, bang jobs trying to figure out, you know, where's my fit. Yeah. So I finished with a business degree with a marketing minor, basically. Um, except I didn't get my true minor because I was like one class away. <laughs> Fucking, yeah. This... I'll leave it. I'll leave it. But some advisors didn't necessarily point that out how close I was and I should have done that or a double major. Are you talking about Gabe? Maybe I've dude, I've called, <laughs> I've called Gabe out on this podcast multiple times because I wouldn't have gotten my master's degree. I wouldn't have graduated as early as I did if I listened to Gabe. Right. Like I, I, I feel like maybe I talked to Richie cause I think Richie graduated in like three years or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, load up in the summer, take one extra class. Yep. Um, you know, those Vessi courses. Do you yes. remember that? Oh yes. It was like, I took one of those every semester my whole way through. Cause it would just knock out. Exactly. Um, what do you call it? What's your, the classes you can pick, not the required classes, the electives, the electives. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it would and knock you could out. do whatever category of, you know, all those different versions, but yeah. 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 But it was like, I mean, you could find stuff if, whether you're doing psychology, sociology, mm-hmm. whatever, criminal justice, there was a Vessi course that helped. And it wasn't like, it wasn't the hardest class in the world, obviously, but you could knock it out pretty easy. You knock it out in like a, a week if you really, you know, just put yeah. it down and did a couple hours every day. And you still got two credits out of it. Mm-hmm. But okay, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it, it's so right. Not, not whatever. I'm not bashing Gabe. Gabe. I'm not bashing Gabe either, but come Gabe's, on, Gabe. Gabe's job <laughs> is to make it easy for the guys yeah, during that, the season. That needed to be easy. Yeah. You know, yeah. and guys like you and I that I think had, you know, plans or or had degrees that you had aspirations to go further with yeah um that was one thing i graduated in three and a half years so i was done junior fall december i graduated i rocked with like schweik and tommy glotter and all those guys even though they were a year older wow i like graduated with all those guys yeah and then so i had a basically two full semesters and well two semesters in a summer of just classes. Yeah. I should have, I should have started my master's looking back. I should have just done that. Yeah. But even without it, I should have just taken credits that would apply, you know, double majored or whatever added yeah. to my first degree. So what kind of classes did you take? I dicked around. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Hunter and I took like so many bullshit classes. Did you take um, uh, the theater class where you just watch movies? I well, think I took that my freshman year. I think I, I was in, in that class with you. You probably oh, no, 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 because if you were in the dorms, but I, I remember like dorms. Winston was in my class. Oh yeah, there were like a bunch of dudes. Yeah, dude, we had in that class for us. It was me, Austin, Austin Pettis, Brandon Thompson, J.P. Nisby, Chuck Hayes. It was like ten of ten or twelve of us. I think Thomas Bird was in there. Jarrell was in there. Are you sure that it was your dorm year? Uh, maybe I feel it like wasn't. Maybe it was our second year. I, I feel guess. like I was in that class. Were you in with that you guys? class with yeah, us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was a fun class. Yeah, JP just, would be sleeping all the time. Yeah, <laughs> he, I remember one time he fell asleep and it was, it was a quiet, like old black and white movie or something. And he started snoring and he snored <laughs> so loud he woke himself up and like startled and like kind of yelled. Yeah, and, like the t- the teacher paused the movie and was like, "JP, what's going on out there?" And everybody started dying. Yeah, poor JP. Yeah, <laughs> I liked that class because it was it wasn't like a. I mean, it was easy and you could make it one of your easier classes, yeah. but I was actually super interested. It in was all cool. Stuff. Yeah. I remember um, when he would talk about the different um, movie companies as they were coming up and starting in California and like MGM and, you know, like all the initials to all those. And he would explain yeah. who those people were. I always thought that was super interesting. It's like super rich people starting this 
yes. conglomerate. Yeah. yeah. Like we're going to fund movies yeah. and we're going to make money back on movies. And yeah. And that was so different for that time. And then we were just so inundated, you know, cause we grew up with movies. So it was so different, but then to hear yeah. the history behind it, I always thought that was a cool class too. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I dicked around. I took, Oh, Hunter and I actually got a certificate in, um, uh, what would be like, not like third party negotiations, but, um, I don't know, like notary <laughs> kind of, but they're like an intermediary, you know, okay. I mean? like you, if you go to, um, Oh, if you have to like settle a dispute yes, between yes. two people, what is that? dispute resolution, that's okay. exactly what our certificate was. Okay. Um, so what, what's like the actual arbitrator? Oh yeah. 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 Something yeah. like that. Yeah. So it was funny. We took a, a credit or a course in that and we actually got a certificate in dispute resolution. And I, yeah. I put that on my resume. I oh, think that's even awesome. Still, I'm that's just so like, awesome. I have it. Yeah, you do whatever. It. Yeah. Um, I put, I got my EMT three years ago and I still put my EMT on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are you ever going to do anything with that? Uh, I've been kicking around the idea of maybe applying for the fire department. Okay. Uh, my dad was a firefighter. I, nice. it, it's stuff that interests me. I mean, you get a lot of like Boise, you don't really fight a lot of fires it's a lot of medical calls sure um but i just like the idea of it's almost like football like they train all the time mm-hmm. for that one moment that they're going to need it yes. so I, like that part of it intrigues me is sape in the fire department yeah he is right? yeah, yeah, yeah that's god he's been on for maybe long time 10 years yeah he's, yeah. Been, he's been doing it forever he's yeah. in there but um that'd be really cool do you know Chaz Anderson? Uh-huh. He so, did it or he was trying to get it? I think he's working for like BLM right now. That's right. And maybe maybe he did get hired recently. Oh, okay. So I, had I knew no he idea. was trying. I had talked to Chaz because um, I actually at one point had talked to Chaz about maybe looking at Stryker. And he was like, dude, I'm doing my ENT. You know, yeah. he had some of that other stuff going. But, yeah. Um, he posts videos on Instagram of him like running chainsaws through giant trees and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Posted something I thought I saw the other day. He was riding behind like a horse on a rope. Oh yeah, at a rodeo. Or yeah, something. I was like, where Dude, the hell there you was he? Like I in Riggins you. or something? Something. Yeah, yeah it must have been crazy. But God, that made me miss rodeos too. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't been to a rodeo in five years, probably or longer. Did you ever do? Were you the security at the Eagle Rodeo? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. I f- I forget who had the connection when I was there. Dice was kind of in uh-huh. charge of it. Yep. And he would like, you know, hire the guys and stuff. And I remember, I remember one year it was me, Dice, and um, oh Matt, uh, Matt Miller. Oh, nice! And it was That's a good awesome. Crew. It was like, yeah. And my parents came, and I was like sneaking beers to my parents and stuff, and Sweet. it was so much in fun. the tent. Yeah, I think early on, gosh, I know Schweik was involved at one point with the rodeo. He might be maybe got Dice kind of transitioned to Dice, and yeah. Then, I think it was Bingham. I think it was Sean Bingham was oh, before wow. Schweik that kind of got us all in it. Maybe Gato. Okay. That's kind of like where it all started. Is they, they met the the guy who put on the rodeo. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, come out and be security. Yeah. And it just turned into this like every year kind of fun, it fun was activity awesome. for everybody. You, you kind of actually did have to work. Yeah. For the first five hours or whatever. Yeah. And then it was like free beers afterwards. That's how they paid you. <laughs> not, <laughs> it was, a bad, not a bad summer game. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Except uh, being 310 pounds and wearing jeans. Like standing out in the middle of a field in, that, Ju- in July. In July, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was three nights, and I think like, I think it was Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and so you'd work just three days, and I think okay. we got paid a decent amount. Yeah. Um, but I always remember you go hard Thursday night, and then we always had decks the next day at BSU. Oh yeah. So we had to wake up for conditioning. Dang. So yeah. you guys were putting it in. You yeah. guys were uh, carb loaded. Yeah, 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 ready oh, for yeah. the decks. Yeah, and I always—it's it, funny. I was talking to somebody else on the podcast. I forget who it was, 
But like I never I never went out and like partied like the night before practice or the nights yeah. before weights and conditioning and stuff. I always waited for the off day. Yep. And so it was very rare. And that was one of those rare occasions that yeah, did it. Eagle rodeo. Yeah. I think after red shirt year in the dorms, I stopped doing that as well. But there that year there was no no rules for yeah. that. I mean we would go and come home at two or three, get up at four or five and Damn. go to weights, you know what I mean? Yeah. And oh man. Especially especially games or like game days where we'd have like the workhorse lifts oh, at like yeah. five AM, you know, and then you'd have all the day off until two or three when you had to be back at the locker room and you know, you were just gonna weigh the towel. So yeah, yeah. dude, I remember being hammed for some of those workouts yeah. but I think I, I think I set some prs yeah. i think i still have like some of my personal prs or some from some of those yeah. mornings so yeah you know That's a little awesome. beer strength doesn't hurt i guess yeah <laughs> um so i i know we got off on a tangent but so you jumped around jobs a little bit and how long ago did you start working at striker so i've been with striker for three years um well three years september okay so Damn. coming up on three years time flies man i remember when you got that job yeah I know. And then seeing you, I think I saw you at Alice. I was like, Oh, what? Yeah. Are you, oh, you work here too? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, it's, it's flown by. I literally still like it feel like it's my first six months. It's just very cool dynamic, you know, environment to whether you're chasing a doctor around or watching a new surgery or, you know, working with the, the management of the facility, trying to push new product. in. I get to use that business degree. Thanksgiving yeah. for the masters, but <laughs> I get to use that business degree in kind of some different ways. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good fit, and um, like like you said earlier, you know, it's competitive. It's a it's a very motivational gig in a way that you can set goals to, and monthly, weekly, daily kind of you know like checklist that you just have to knock it out. So yeah, yeah. It's it's been fun though. I yeah, mean, it's it's work. Yeah. At the end of the day, like puts money in your pocket, and I and I'm hoping to, you know, save and and put myself in a position to then be more entrepreneurial, start yeah. my own thing at some point, or, or at least have other avenues of income streams coming in so yeah. that you can not solely rely on one big major company that might cut you one day. You yeah. Know? So yeah, that's diversify. Yeah. That's my goal with it too. It's, you know, to eventually be able to get away from working for that giant corporation, but mm-hmm. there's, there's so many benefits like the 401k match, right. the health insurance. Absolutely. Um, and then like the stability of having a job with, people that like you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is scary, you know, to m- make that leap. Well, shoot, especially in today's climate with, I mean, like COVID March started and yeah. I was like, dude, I'm hanging tight. You yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like totally. If, if you had, if it was, and hats are, you know, heart goes out to anybody that did was like ready to start their business into February, March yeah. one, they started. And then all of a sudden hit a, you know, COVID and now, now what's going to happen? Who knows? Yeah. But, um, like you said, the stability there versus the risk of going out on your own kind of shows you where that stability really comes into play in times like these. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, you know, there's people probably killing it because of COVID yeah. and, and taking advantage of this opportunity and, and yeah. you know, we, that's off the end too. We had to get a little creative at the gym, at the CrossFit gym. I, yeah. I'm glad we're going to that. Um, so we had to shift to doing stuff online. Mm-hmm. And so we made this home routine thing. Nice. We passed out a 45 pound plate to all of our male members and a PVC pipe and then a 25 pound plate to all of our female members. And we based everything off of just that plate. So they would hold the plate and do squats. They'd put it on their back. They would do lunges. They would do burpees and jump onto the plate. So it was, it was pretty cool and it was fun, you know, for me and the other owner to put our heads together and figure out like, how are we going to like still give back to our customers? We don't want them to, 
quit because a lot of the times if somebody quits their membership, they're never, ever coming back. I mean, it's just like, you know, leads and sales and that kind of stuff. Um, trying to retain anybody, you know, yeah. what I was watching, this is so funny. Actually, this comes up. I was just watching the office the other day and it was the early, I think season two episode, Michael and, um, is it the oh, seal? The yeah, when he's going to business school. Oh, when Ryan's okay. going to business school, and he's like, "Okay, Michael's, you know, talking about how smart he is, and he's the best business guy." And he goes, "Okay, ask me a question from business school." And he's okay. Is it more expensive to get a new customer or retain a current customer? And he's like, uh, "Obviously, uh, it's more expensive to retain a current customer." So I just go get new. And he goes, <laughs> "Wrong. Ten times more expensive to get a new customer." Yeah. So like you said, it's it's easier to keep people. You want to keep them in, right? Yeah, you don't want to yeah. let them go because yep. then you have to go try to find another one. Yeah. And I think we do a good job of, we could probably do a better job of getting new people into the gym. Mm -hmm. But once people step foot in our gym, I mean, they, they're like, Oh my God, this is awesome. Like we're doing awesome coaches. It's clean. All of our members are very nice. We hold everyone to a high standard and everyone treats each other with respect. That's cool. Like it's not, people think that CrossFit's such like a hostile environment and like you have to be like jacked and ripped before you come in there. But people come in from all over all walks of life, all walks of life, people who've never exercised before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have people who are like, who have been to the CrossFit games and then like, that's pretty cool. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, and that's got to appeal to, you know, some level or some of those people, no matter where you're coming from, it's like to, to be able to be in a sport or, you know, um, fitness activity that you can literally see people that are at the top of the game yeah. and you don't have to compare yourself, but to like, to me, that's motivating, you know, at, at more than anything. It, maybe at times it might check your ego a little bit. Yeah, and you yeah, see yeah. somebody like smash a workout and you're like, oh, I can't even do that yeah, much, yeah, you know, yeah. like yeah. that, that's humbling. But at the same time, it's motivating. Yeah. So that's it's, really cool. I, I was, a, I was very disappointed in CrossFit when they got rid of, they switched the, the format of the games mm-hmm. and they got rid of regionals. And is that this, this like 2019 or like last year's changes or 18, maybe I think they've, I think regionals have been gone for two or three years now. Okay. Um, so now they have sanctionals. So basically they're all over the world, kind of those big qualifying deals. Yeah. All Mm -hmm. over the world. But the thing that's weird about those sanctionals is they just outsourced everything. So CrossFit doesn't run it like individual gyms will run it. And I know that they might have to hold them to certain standards, Mm -hmm. but the individual gyms do the programming. It's not CrossFit HQ that does the programming. So it's kind of a weird thing. And then they canceled their, their social media and then they, they fired their whole media team too. And so to me, like peak CrossFit was 2014, 2015 when it was on ESPN. Yes. And that's like so many people got super interested in CrossFit yep. from seeing the high level people. Totally. And then it's like, oh, I want to go try the local CrossFit gym. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why I was interested in it when I got done. How long have you guys had the gym now? We've been open in November. It'll be three years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So right around the time I started with Striker. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's perfect. Yeah. And then, but you, but you had been doing CrossFit before you own or open this gym. Yeah. Were... I, I started CrossFit, honestly, like right when I got back from the bowl game. Really? Like, yep. Yeah. That's in. My nice. buddy, two of my good buddies uh, were doing CrossFit at local gyms and one of them was training for the Marines. Okay. And so he, j- he's like, you got to come try this with me. And so we, I mean, we spent so much time like working on just our double unders, you know, oh, it's yeah. like, we got to get all of our baseline stuff yes. down. Mm-hmm. I got to figure out how to do pistols. Um, and luckily I had some like Olympic weightlifting background with BSU. Right. Like I knew how to do cleans and Actually, um, yeah, that's funny too. I was thinking about when you asked me to do this and we were, you know, trying to figure it all out. I was thinking, I was like, hmm, 
what kind of BSU stories can I tell about Spencer? And I was like, honestly, <laughs> but, but, Spencer and I used to lift a lot together. Oh yeah. Like, oh we were, yeah. Like in, there'd be PR days or, you know, we go like max days. I remember like getting some good neck slaps and some good thigh slaps <laughs> from Spencer Gerke. Yeah. You know what no I mean? Way. So that was like one of the things I was kind of th- thinking about for this whole, yeah. um, for the podcast pr- preparing, I guess in my mind. Yeah, you know? yeah. 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 I forgot about that. Well, I think one of the reasons you and I lifted together a lot too was because when we had that two weeks off before summer, you and I would just meet up and work yep. out at BSU. Was that a, that was a school thing too, right? We had, we were like the only ones that did like the, oh no, that's when everybody went home and we were the yep. only guys around. Yep. Yes. Yep. That's right. Yeah. That's kind of when it started. And I remember one time, like I was offensive line, obviously. So I just wanted to do like short sprints and like, <laughs> I mean, dude, I remember like Garcia day. Oh yeah. And G like, day. Um, I'm trying to think there were a couple other dudes that like, wouldn't leave and I'd get roped into running like hundred yard dashes with people. Like it was so oh, yeah. stupid. And uh coach Jones would hang out and he'd yep. work out with us Jones too. Would be with us. Oh, yeah. 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 That and was fun. I remember we, one of those times we did decks, I think with coach Russell, like he came out and worked out with us too. And dude, yeah, that guy's a beast. Yeah. He's at uh, Auburn. Auburn now. Oh my God. Where's I, Jones? Jones is somewhere too. He was at App State for a while. I thought he was. He might still be there. Yeah, I thought he was at Appalachian State, which yeah. is incredible. I mean, they're that's the, really cool. They're the school for whatever it is, FCS now or FBS. I, I I'm terrible at knowing that stuff. I just was, whenever I want to talk football, I just go, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's right. You got it. I still say Big Ten, <laughs> yeah. like yeah, or Pac Ten, Pac Ten. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I th- I've slipped and I go, we're in the whack Mountain West. Yeah, 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 yeah. Win a whack championship. With, yep. Um, what what else do you remember about me? I'm I'm curious what people because I I had dinner with Andrew Woodruff last night and so we okay. were swapping stories, and like my biggest memory of Woody, I mean I know he would do the crazy shit before the games and mm-hmm. stuff, but he was one of the nicest guys to me when I first got here my first summer, and so I did like PRPs and I did weight stuff with everyone, but then I had a gray shirt which kind of sucked because oh, I right. didn't really feel part of the team, but I remember him and John Gott were like the nicest guys in the world. Canadians. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably (laughs) why, because they're both Canadian. Um, But they were like, a lot of the other guys were dicks. And I don't know if it was like, maybe they felt threatened or something, Mm -hmm. or like, maybe it's just a shithead in college. But John and Andrew, like focused on just the football stuff with me. They'd see me doing something wrong. They'd try to help me correct it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I respected the hell out of those guys because of that. Those guys were really cool. Um, You know, and, and then I think, probably there was a combination of that. I mean, I remember coming in kind of getting like the cold shoulder from a lot of guys, obviously. I mean, you yeah. walk on from Rudy and Idaho, just, yeah. you know, there's some guy. Um, and it takes a while to integrate, but what else do I remember? I I knew you. I mean, obviously from being in the area, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I, we had the connection there. Um, I remember you coming in and everybody like being like, oh, because you had your shaved head. Did you have a shaved head yeah. the whole time? No, I grew my hair out. I started to grow my hair. I had like towards the end, right? Yeah, towards the end. That's right. But I would shave my head. Yeah, you came (laughs) in. I remember uh, obviously being in the in the receiver room. You know, hanging out with the black guys. It was like, dude, is that guy a skinhead? (laughs) He's like, he's from Idaho, right? And I'm like, yeah, but not North Idaho. He's fine. Like we're good guys. Yeah, (laughs) I uh, I think I started shaving my head because I saw like Schleck shaved his head, and I was like. I want to be a badass like that guy. Gosh, yeah. like there's some good Schleck, Schleck stories too. Oh yeah. my God, I remember spitting in my face on like 
I was on punt scout punt team. He was doing punt block yeah. and just dominating me. Like yeah. I, I didn't even know what happened by the time I was on the ground by the end of the play and I like, had no idea what happened. And just remember just like, Schleck, like banging his head against mine and <laughs> spitting in my face as I'm going to the ground. Jesus. Like, this is fun. Yeah. This yeah. is college football. I like yeah. this. Yeah. I, uh, I think I like Schleck, maybe he wasn't the best player or whatever, but like Shay obviously got drafted super high yeah. and played in the NFL for a while. And if it was like, okay, you have to do one-on-ones and it's Schleck or Shay, I'd be like, I'd go against Shay. Like, I don't want to go against Schleck. (laughs) (laughs) It was just his demeanor, you know, like, I don't know, whatever his attitude was and like that ferocity he brought was was intimidating for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's why he's so successful too. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's learned how to channel that into something that, Mm -hmm. you know, is insanely successful. Yeah, they're, they're doing okay over there at Amherst. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really cool. It's cool to see those guys and like... How they've kind of kept it with Boise State guys too, with Bausch and yeah. you know, Elliot Hoyt and some of those guys. Yeah. It's, it's just been really cool to see. And, you know, I mean, they, a lot of the, those guys, they're doing awesome. Yeah. A lot of the females too are former BSU athletes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I think it's awesome that he's given people some direction. And mm-hmm. I mean, I know they do trainings all the time. I see yeah. social media posts of like Bausch teaching people stuff. Yeah. I think yeah. they do a good job of development. I know she's like super involved with, you know, getting people off the ground and, um, laying out, you know, foundational plans of how to get to where they want to go. Cause I mean, he's obviously built that, yeah. that whole, you know, group up. So it's yeah. been really cool to see as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, okay. So I was going to ask you, Oh my God, I just noticed what's on your shoe. Dude, that's <laughs> those so are awesome. These are great shoes, but that's, that's not necessarily what you think it is. I really think it's just a palm cause it's like oh. pirate skulls and palms. But uh, that uh, one, that looks like a marijuana leaf. That one definitely looks like a pot leaf. <laughs> I, wore, I got these shoes and they're just kind of fun, whatever vans. Yeah. And I wore them like with my mom the first time. She goes, Oh my God, you're wearing pot leaf shoes. <laughs> no mom, they're pirate shoes. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you uh, know anybody who mountain bikes or do you ever mountain bike? I do. Okay. So you know how they have the like funny socks. Oh yeah. Like it's kind of like a thing in the mountain, mountain bike world. I think my dad has socks. My dad, who's 64 years old or whatever, it has a marijuana leaf on it. And I think yes. it says legalize it. <laughs> And my That's mom, perfect. yeah, my mom got him as like a joke for him, and That's he hilarious. wears them all the time. Dude, you gotta you gotta wear funny socks mountain biking. I've learned. Um, I got into mountain biking through Winter Swike. Okay, yeah, he got me into it. And if you want to get into mountain biking, I don't know if I suggest go with him, but you should go with him once. Okay, because he'll make you want to throw up. Oh, he's just <laughs> he's good. Like going uphill, or does yeah. he do the downhill? Well, stuff he's too? he's all he's good at both. Um, I remember I think my first ride with him was like a thirty mile like Jesus. intense ride, and he was like, "Yeah, we're just going for a birthday ride. Come on, you'll be fine." Yeah, I had like no water. It was you know I had like oh booze God. in the night before. Yeah, and he turned back to me at one point. And he goes, "Well." <laughs> If you finish this ride and still like mountain biking, then you'll know you really like it. If yeah. you quit, it's probably not for you. And <laughs> at that point, I was committed. So yeah, did but you it, did you buy a bike too? And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So that started. So he was nice enough. He had a his older um, Santa Cruz that was just kind of sitting in his in his garage when I was talking to him. I was like, hey man, I know you go. Yeah, I'm looking to get into it. You know, what do I need to know? Da, da, da. He's like, just take this bike. Let's go on a few rides. So I rode that for the first. I don't know probably six months that I was riding. Yeah. And then I got a bike and that was, what was that? 18. So this is my third kind of season, nice. full season of like really getting into it. Yeah. Um, 
I don't usually ride a lot in July or August. Yeah. I'm, I'm just kind of like, I like Unless it when you, it's cooler. Yeah, you got to get out like super early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even when you get out early. God, the other morning we woke up and went to the 5.15 a.m. class at mm-hmm. my gym. And it was 100 degrees like by 5.20. Yeah. It was ridiculous. That's It's too hot right now. Yeah, it's way too hot. I don't, I don't want to. I mean, lift, you know, I like sauna. I like, I, I'm not that afraid of the heat or anything yeah. but it's a different experience like trying to maintain 150 160 heart rate yeah and just pump in yeah in 100 degree weather yeah. it's just not fun yeah so, yeah and know. and you've recently gotten into crossfit a little bit too right well yeah uh, i'm trying to get back into it i should say okay. so right after school probably or right after kind of my nfl stuff um so 14 2014 2015 um i was back here and kind of working and doing some things but Hunter had gotten involved with or met some people that, um, gosh, I can't even remember the name of their was gym. It, was it like the supplement place? Well, it was, oh. when, it was through that. So he was doing some supplement stuff, and then he had done some promotional stuff with a couple of CrossFit gyms. Oh, okay. And then he met, um, I don't even think this gym is a gym anymore, excuse me. But it used to be right there by the Sears outlet, kind of, you know, on the farthest oh. east end of that shopping center of Cabela's. Yes. Do you yeah, remember yeah, that yeah. little gym that was in there? Yeah, I can't. Uh, Rally Point, maybe? Yes, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it was. Okay. Yep. So I went there probably the first couple of months, and there was a guy that Hunter worked with that I knew. So, um, you know, us three would kind of go around and pal around one or two workouts a week, like nothing serious. Yeah. But I kind of got a feel for it. I was like, this is kind of cool. Yeah. So then I met another buddy of mine, Dustin, and he's super into CrossFit or he was a, so he's a certified teacher and he was coaching CrossFit for a long time. Yeah. And then um, when I met him, we just were like, he's like, let's go check it out. I, I know what we're doing. So we did like, we kind of did the ju- the jump around. We did Arbor oh. week, one week trial. We did, um, uh, what's the one off like 15th down there? Oh, it's Verdant now. Oh, that's right. It is Verdant now. But I forget what it was. I, I can't remember the name of what it was before. Anyway, so uh, we refi- did Refinery. refinery. Yep, that's yep, exactly right. Yep. So we did like three different gyms, like the one-week trials. I didn't make any money then, so like I yeah. couldn't do a hundred bucks a month gym <laughs> membership. Yeah. But I just kind of bounced around, and I was like, man, I, I like this. Yeah. I just got to figure out how to make it work. And yeah. then, I don't know, I kind of lost, I don't know if I lost interest, but I just got sidetracked with some other things and was just not necessarily focused on that part of fitness. But since COVID... I was in a rut of just going to the, you know, Axiom or whatever gym for a while and just yeah. doing the same old stuff. I was yeah. just getting tired of it. And so when COVID hit and the gym shut down, I thought, I was like, this is a good opportunity to do something different. Um, I had already integrated a bunch of kettlebell stuff into my workouts, which I just really liked that kind of intensity. And then when it came to a lot of like, as you were talking about programming for the at home stuff, yeah, I was like, man, what am I going to do? Like, I don't know. And it was, I stumbled onto like, Murph and so I remember I had done Murph way back and I sucked at you know I barely got through it I wasn't in condition blah 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 and when COVID hit I I did a little garage gym and literally my dad had a a pull-up bar that he just wasn't using in his garage so I snug snagged that I had a couple kettlebells and a like medicine ball so I was like okay this is my setup I got to figure out workouts in the next you know month of lockdown yeah well that evolved into like well Screw the gym. I quit for sure. So yeah. I like sent it, you know, hey, cancel my membership. When I know you guys are open or closed anyway, but cancel my membership. I'm going to just outfit my gym. So I put mats down, uh, got a barbell, got a bunch of plates, got my pull-up bar, got some dumbbells, kettlebells, um, air bike, you know. So I, I got a bunch of different pieces. And yeah. really it just started with that. I was like, okay, so I did Murph. And then I started doing like just these random, like kind of body weight, you know, low uh, 
less equipment needed workouts. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is fun again. Like, yeah. I wasn't competing with anybody. I was just kind of trying to do the workouts. And I mean, when you're home all day and like work, I mean, I had a, literally five weeks of like no work, just yeah. kind of just chilling when all the elective surgeries were canceled. So yeah. I had the time, took the time, you know, just did warm ups, felt, got my body feeling good and just would try to hit these workouts pretty hard. And um, so that's actually, it was funny because then I was doing all that. And then I, we had the reunion with Dan yeah. for Dan's, you know, passing and we started talking about it then, but I still need to come up and check you guys out. Yeah. I'd love to get some workouts in. Yeah. Um, it's funny. You, when you told me about, you were going through all of the old open workouts. Mm-hmm. Whenever I hear open, it like, it makes, it makes me cringe a little bit because like I've pushed myself so hard in those workouts. It's not like I have good memories of them. Mm-hmm. It's like I have memories of not being able to breathe and like almost blacking out. And so like you said, you were slowly going through and like making your way through all of them. Yeah. And, um, I think that'd be very mentally tough for me to do right now. <laughs> well, so you've done them all. So yeah. I, when I first started, it was like, I'd have to go, I'd have to go back and find it. I have to find the workout we did. It was, um, it was an open workout. It was one of the first times I had done CrossFit in the actual class setting. Yeah. And it was like row 20 calories. I think it was 10 rounds, row 20 calories, 10 burpees over the oh. rower. Um, once you did that, that you had like a 12 minute cap time cap or whatever, then you had to do as many ring muscle ups oh, as possible. Yeah. 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 So I was like, so I did that. I couldn't do ring muscle ups. So I did ring dips you oh, know, yeah. cause I had no gymnastics like skill at all. And but, I learned how to do it like that day. But as an athlete, like former Boise state athlete, it's like, I know you have the same mindset I have. It's like, I got to learn how to do that. Cause yes. I want to. Cause I wanted to, to do the real workout. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was pissed. I was cause yeah. I smashed everybody in the class and yeah. that, and there were some not like studs, but there were some guys that had, had been doing CrossFit and were talking about, yeah, this is the open and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. And I smashed them on like the row and burpees. Yeah. I was the first one done by far and I had the most time. And so I knocked out like 55 ring dips in the, you know, three minutes or whatever, however much time I had left remaining. And yeah. some guys were, they got like one mu- ring muscle up or or three ring muscle ups was like, yeah, so I feel pretty good. For yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Dude, I'm going to suck at this, but I'm, I'm smashing. Like this yeah. is cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's why I wanted to go back. Cause that was what triggered the open work. I was like, well, those are listed somewhere. Yeah. I sure I can find them. Yeah. They're hard. Yeah. And, and I remember thinking, well, I think some of them weren't like all like a lot of equipment. So I could probably just find the ones and modify close enough to get a workout. There in. was one that was, it was seven, seven minutes of burpees to a target six inches higher than your hands. So like you reach up and then you measure six inches above that. And all you have to do is burpees for seven minutes. It, that might be my least favorite Mm -hmm. of all time. Yeah. That's terrible. Cause it's like, you have to pick a pace that you could, I don't try to maintain. Yeah. Maintain for seven minutes. But like, it's almost like running like a really fast mile. Like you kind of have to like keep that threshold, but not go a little above. Right. You know, cause there's something after the mile. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know. And then there's some workouts that like you're super limited by how much weight you can lift. Yeah. Cause it's like, if you get through all the 225 cleans, then it jumps to like 275. Yeah. So those workouts are hard, but the ones that are like, you know, have manageable, manageable weights and yeah. pull-ups, those suck. Those are those like suck. mind fucks. Yeah. Pull-ups, pull-ups are, I don't know why I'm, I'm not good at pull-ups. Yeah. I've never been, always been a struggle. You got long arms. I got, maybe, I got long arms. Maybe that's I, why. I don't have super wide, like back, like my lats have never been like, Oh, dude, that dude's got like big lats, you know, like that's never been. <laughs> well, you're like good. a tall wide receiver. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I mean, like I had to grow shoulders. Like I never had like big shoulders. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I had to work to everything. So pull-ups are super hard. Um, any, like you said, 
what I'm learning now is, or what I guess I'm not learning is how much strength or Olympic strength I lost from college. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I remember doing CrossFit, you know, right after and still had just that power base and could, yeah. 185 for, for your hang cleans or whatever. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. racking up, no you know, deal. 20, you know, okay. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, for 12? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then it goes, and then you, like you said, it goes to 225 the next time. Whew, for six? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> but, yeah. um, so getting that base back and it's more impressive to go back and watch the games or like the CrossFit documentaries and you see they're 275 for however many reps, you know, yeah. like as they're going up this ladder and you're like, damn. That's why I like, the competitiveness like locally that I do it with my buddies and stuff because in the open you record it online and then you can compare yourself to the best in the world. Yep. So it's like you see that guy doing it and you're like, it doesn't like, it looks like he could push himself a little bit harder and then you go do it yourself and you're like 10 minutes slower than him. And you're yes. like, Oh my God, like wow. they're superhuman. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's so impressive. Yeah. It's crazy. Which I, I always joke that, if NFL guys and maybe some NBA guys and hockey guys could do CrossFit, they'd murder everyone that's currently doing CrossFit. It's, but, the, but there's no money in CrossFit. That's the thing that sucks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to win the games, right? I mean, that's like the big payday. Yeah. You get two hundred fifty grand for winning the games, which guys make four times that yeah. in a season. Yeah. Yeah. There are no, no way. Yeah. It does. What's been interesting, though, because Froning, right, didn't he coach – uh, wasn't he a college um, oh, strength yeah. and conditioning coach? Yeah, he was at like not Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, Middle Tennessee. Yep, that's yep. what I thought. Yep. Um, it seems like CrossFit would carry over so well to football as far as like strength and conditioning. Yeah, they had CrossFit football for a while. Really? Yeah, and Sam McCaskill was telling me that he did it when he was in high school. Huh? Yeah, and it was like more geared towards football. But sure. I mean, some of those conditioning sessions, like it made. I don't know. It makes so much more sense to do stuff with med balls. Yes. And Explosive then, push and jump and you know all that stuff. Yeah, and run in between instead of just pushing a sled all the time. Absolutely. I mean, that was hard to do in yeah. summer conditioning, but I don't know. I think there could have been more carryover, especially for like offensive line. Absolutely. Well, even for our stuff. Yeah. Pull up, you know, explosive movement, quick twitch, or or explosive movement into a conditioning. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know you so you're building. Pop okay, a guy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, or... You know, you're exploding off the ball for a route, but then to be able and then go run a mile. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's that explosion side, but also have the cardio base to stay at that high level, yeah. which I think I didn't, you know, conditioning. I think my biggest thing looking back on like how I prepared physically in college that I lacked was cardio conditioning. Mm -hmm. You know, just that base heart rate at, you know, 135 for 30 minutes kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, fat burning, whatever, but. I think having that base that I have now, like running's easier, distance yeah. and sprints. I mean, I'm probably not, I'm obviously not as fast as I was then. Yeah. But if I do that stuff, I can maintain longer. I can do more volume of it all. Yeah. And sometimes so, and I, obviously, I, like I said, not nearly as strong, <laughs> not even close. Yeah. It's so embarrassing sometimes, but. Well, they, um, I mean, we had a very good weights and conditioning program. We had a great system. And that's the yeah. thing. I wish I would have, I could have added that extra in on my own. Yeah into just like base cardio and uh, like my kids or anybody that would ask me now, I'd be like, do extra cardio. Yeah. Just run. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just bike, whatever it is, just, just maintain that heart rate. So it just feels good to be like kind of tired. Yeah. You can just maintain at that level. And then when the big spikes happen, you're fine. Yeah. Um, coach Jones used to kick me and Dan out on Wednesdays in the summer. Cause we'd mm. come in and do like extra work. Yep. We'd come in and bench press. 
And then we'd like hit the tires with the hammer. Dude, that was so fun. Yeah. I loved hitting the tires. Yeah. And then we'd go out and like hit the, what we call the donkey dick, which is like the <laughs> single man sled. Dale. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Dale Holstein. <laughs> uh, I just remember Dan. Yeah. that Those were my good memories of Dan was like the meathead shit we used to do together. Yeah. But sauna sessions. Oh, yeah. Bring the bring the dumbbells into the sauna and yes. do curls in the Get sauna. Get a pump in the sauna, yeah, man. Yeah. That was so fun. Yeah. Just talking trash and sweating on each other. Yeah. That was so fun. I feel like I met a lot of the wrestlers because of going yeah, into the sauna. Totally. And I remember this guy named um, Gibbons. He was like the only black wrestler. Okay. And he was tall and he had to wait like 230. But he... Oh, yes. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I stayed here over the summer and he told me, he goes, let's meet up a couple times and just do some workouts together. And I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm free, whatever, like everyone yeah. else is gone. And, and I'd show up and he would run me through wrestling workouts in the wrestling room at BSU. That's sweet. It was ridiculous. And I, I, I did it like three times and I was like, dude, I'm not coming anymore. This yeah, is so no. stupid. It's too much. But we would hold each other. Like we'd get on each other's back yes. and just do laps around the wrestling room. And then I remember he laid on top of me and he goes, all right, like this part, it's five minutes. You have to just get on top. And so it'd be me like struggling against this fucking Pac-10 yeah, wrestler, wrestler um, trying to get on top of him. And then we'd switch. I mean, it was just, it was conditioning like yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I got into jujitsu recently and I did jujitsu for like a year and a half maybe. And I haven't done it. I'm planning on going back soon. Yeah. Um, are the, are the gyms open for that? Now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they are. Um, and I don't, I know they're taking tons of precautions because they take precautions anyways, because of MRSA. Like, right. right. That's a huge thing. Yep. In that any sport. of the mat stuff. Right. I mean, you don't yeah. want to get any of that. Yeah. And it was part of, uh, it was part of closing the gym down after every session. I, I liked doing it cause it felt like it almost felt like I was back in school or something because you have to really respect the guy that's teaching you. Mm-hmm. And part of it is like you have to bow to him and like you really respect the mat before you get onto the mat. Yeah. You bow to the mat when you get off the mat, that kind of stuff. But part of it was everyone would clean the mat together afterwards. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It almost felt like a, I don't know, like a Japanese culture thing. And I know jujitsu's some of it, I, I don't know the exact history. Some of it started I don't know in the Japan. History at all. Well, some started in Japan, some started in Brazil. So, oh, okay. And I don't know if they eventually kind of got together and decided. That's you know. interesting that a, the similar form came from that, you know what I mean? Two different places that far away. Or maybe and if one guy came from one or the other that's and what I'm like thinking. introduced it. I'm thinking maybe there were Japanese immigrants that do, came to Brazil. Do you or have something? a Jamie like Joe Rogan so we can Google that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, my dog can look it up. Can you look it uh, up for us, babe? I've been. Uh, I've been trying to avoid people getting on their phones too, but a couple times I've had to like, you know, you're thinking of something. It's like, we got to figure out who it is. Um, but yeah, I I wish I had a young Jamie, young Jamie. (laughs) You'll get there. Yeah. What is it? 19 episode 19. This is episode 19. Dang. So what's your cadence once a week? Is that what I heard? Um, it kind of depends. I kind of loaded up this week a little bit. Um, you know, it'll give me, I'm not the first podcast guest this week. Uh, I had one mm. person. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm her. <laughs> I had I had my good friend who, um, she's actually really really good friends with my wife. But we started out doing CrossFit together, nice. and now you know we're just really really good family yeah. friends. Um, and then next week I have like my first kind of real celebrity guest coming on, which you know 
you, Carlo, Miklose, Sam McCaskill. Like, I could say that those are local celebrities, you know? Sure. Which you're maybe the best one so no, far. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't, my 15 minutes are 14 and a half minutes up. Yeah, um, it's, it's over. But I have Nate Shellman coming on. Nice. Do you know who that is? I know the name. So he does the, the drive home radio show on si- okay. 670 every That's day? That's right. Yeah, yeah. KBOI. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. And he reached out to me on Facebook and he said, I love the name of your podcast. And because it's like so stupid and simple, you know, yeah, it's great. And, uh, and I was like, okay, you extended the olive branch. You have to come on my podcast now. Nice. So he's coming on. Very cool. Yeah. And then I actually, I have a gal lined up who worked at pie hole. Did you hear about the whole pie hole controversy? No, but literally I was just talking to that. We were talking about, Oh, COVID can't go out, can't do anything. And you know, bars struggling, blah, blah, blah. And some, I made a comment about, I bet pie holes struggling because there's not all the drunk people at like suds and end zone yeah. buying pizza. And yeah. they got the, I can't even remember who I was talking to. They said, did you see the protest at pie hole? And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, why would anybody put protest pizza or yeah. pie hole in general? Like, yeah. That's messed up. But yeah. we didn't know the story. So tell me. Well, I, I, that's why I'm having the girl on because oh, okay. I don't quite know what the story is. But my wife and I were down there a couple weeks ago and we were eating at Burger Belly. Oh, okay. And we saw all these people lying in the street saying, honk if you hate pie hole or whatever. I don't even know what it was. That's hilarious. And, uh, and Debbie goes, she goes, you should run across the street and see if somebody wants to come on the podcast and talk about, you know, what the issue is. Sure. And so I ran over there. And I just asked one of the people, I said, okay, who's like the ringleader who's kind of in charge? You know, I have a small platform that you could come and talk about it. And this girl is kind of the ringleader, I guess. And um, I think what happened was Pie Hole came under new ownership. And I think they fired a bunch of people. Like uh, kind of like the... Clean the, house kind of thing. Yeah, like the mm-hmm. core group of people who were like the Pie Hole employees. Yeah. Um, I assume that that's what it's about. Gotcha. But I want to bring her on and give her a chance to tell. That'd be full, interesting to find out. Yeah, tell the full story. Yeah. So, and that's what I want. Like, I would love for this to get <clears throat> to get to the point where I could do like a little investigative journalism about stuff around town. Absolutely. You know? And uh, just inform people about what's going on in Boise. Stuff. So, yeah, just stuff. <laughs> Anything. And that's the thing too. Is like, I'm interested in so much shit. Like, I could talk about conspiracy theories. I could talk about football. Yep. Um, I could talk about traveling. So I just, I just like talking to people. It's, it's such a great one. I'm a big cop podcast fan in general. Yeah. So I saw you were doing yours and I've listened to, uh, Mark Paul and a couple others, you yeah. know, it's just, it's been really cool to see that start to happen. Yeah. And like, to your point, it's cool. It's interesting, you know, to have different topics and tied into the local level and all things that, you know, we were kind of, well, especially the football side, right? I mean, that ties yeah. into a lot of it, but yeah. it's fun. Yeah. It's really cool. So I'm excited for you, man. This, thanks, is, man. this is really cool. Again, yeah. thanks for having me. This, yeah, totally. I, I'm excited to be guest number 19. <laughs> um, and I, I, I want to get a lot of the football guys on too. And I told you, yeah. I, I had dinner with Andrew Woodruff last night mm-hmm. and he's like, offensive line legend at Boise state. And it was cool to chat with him and find out what he's doing now. Um, and he, God, he's got such a, he's got such an intense story about how he was brought up. Sure. How like his mindset was when he was playing football at BSU and, um, even the stuff he's done afterwards. So I'm really, really excited to bring him on. And I don't know when that's going to happen, but, um, Cause you said, well, you said he was in, you guys had dinner, so he's in town. Is he back in Boise now? Yep. He lives in Boise. Okay. Yep. Yep. Nice. And he works for a local company here and he was actually a teacher for a little bit too. Okay. Um, and I don't want to tell his story. Yeah. Yeah. No, he lets you guys get into but, that. Uh, I'd but, love to see him though. If you, you know, see, catch up with Woody at some point. That'd dude, cool. I, I think there's so many guys like that, that I've kind of, 
you know, since doing the podcast, and I don't know if we talked about like the mental health stuff that I was pushing with BSU. I don't think so. Um, so I'll tell you a little bit about that too. But through thinking about all these things, there's so many guys that we played with. I mean, there are obviously 110 guys or 105 guys on the team while you're there. Yep. I talk to maybe five of them now yep. or, you know, six or eight or 10 or whatever. Yep. And then there's some guys you see in passing like, you know, Winston or Swike. Like I don't, I'm not really close with those guys. Sure. Um, Kind of your tight circle and then like the broader group that's still in town. But then, but somebody like Woody, who I only was there with for one season, one year, it's yeah. like, I wonder what he's doing now. You mm -hmm. know, I'm an, I'm almost 30. It'd be cool to like get together and reconnect and talk about you almost know. 30, dude. Yeah. yeah. Stop rubbing it in, Spencer. <laughs> How old are you? 31. Oh, 32 wow. in September. Oh, damn. Dude. Yeah. Next month I turned 30. Oh, yeah. Or no, oh. this month. It's August 1st. It's August 1st. Yeah. God, it's like end of the summer. I don't know if it, I mean, COVID obviously, but I don't, it could be Tiger King feels like two years ago. Yes. Seriously. It's it so does. weird. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. Dude, I, well, when, I, what day is your birthday? August 31st. 31st. Okay. Yep. Yep. Are you, are you Virgo? I'm a Virgo. Nice. A virgin. <laughs> September 14th, baby. Yeah. Me Virgo too. the virgin. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, once I figured that out, I didn't think that was as cool telling people that was my sign. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why people even look at astrology shit anyways. Um, but yeah, I, I just, it intrigues me. Like I want to find out what guys are doing and yeah. what their stories are. And you know, somebody like, like Tad Miller, like I know that dude's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. He's got a good family. He's got, um, you know, his dad was a cop. He's a cop now. He's been a cop for 11 years. I know he's got kids. I know his wife, Gloria, is awesome. Yep. Um, so somebody like that, like I'm not that I'm not interested in talking to, to Tad, but I kind of know he's okay. Mm -hmm. Like I want to reach out to guys that like I haven't heard from. D completely disconnected almost yeah. for, since that time. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And yep. so. Um, that's a good, that's a good idea. Yeah. Because it kind of, you know, it's like that crossbreeding thing that we used to talk about, you know, almost especially if you maybe did have a conversation or were had a, a season with them, you know, yeah. where you were like, yeah, we were kind of close. And then going to be kind of cool too, is maybe like the transfer guys or maybe the guys that maybe didn't play every year and yeah. be like, Hey, you know, you were with us for two years at Boise state. Yeah. Where'd you go after that? Yeah. What happened? What have you been up to? You know, yeah. like, that'd be kind of cool too. Yeah. yeah, it would be. Um, there's just, there's some guys too, that I worry about, um, you know, whether they're doing drugs or drinking too much or didn't have a lot of direction when they got done from Boise state. And mm -hmm. so I'm, not not that I want to have those guys on the podcast, but that's what interested me about doing the mental health oh, okay. and transition program too. Like, I mean, I I think it's even worth maybe just calling dudes. You know, maybe mm -hmm. if you think if you're thinking about a guy that you know you played with, call him up because maybe he hasn't talked to somebody in a while. You know, from BSU and maybe has some fun memories that they want to share and stuff. Um, Dude, that's a really good idea. Um, we should as a as a group, everybody or somebody take the lead. Maybe it's. Uh... I bet is Sam still involved with like the varsity, alum, B. varsity B and stuff. Yep, yep. I think he is. Sam might be a good place to do like a contact list. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And send it out and just be like, hey, you know, here's a list of everybody that we have numbers for. Yeah. If you ever want to reach out, at least you have a, a way to get in touch with them. Yeah. Um, and then that would be kind of an avenue to do some of that and yeah, kind of get people maybe specifically to just call and check in people and just be like, how you doing? Yeah. What's up? Well, they're there's guys that I like even lived with that. I have no idea what they're doing now. Mm -hmm. Like Garrett Pendergast. Yeah. Like how long has it been since you thought about Garrett? 
uh, Instagram maybe like months ago he had posted something. You know what I mean? Like that would yeah. be the only random social media kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, totally. Which That's social, a great example. Social media is cool to stay up like mm-hmm. on what people are doing. Um, but I reached out to Garrett, I think on Facebook, like maybe five years ago just to see what he's doing. And I texted him and I never heard back from him. Yeah. And so, I mean, I didn't even know he had an Instagram, so maybe I should hop on there. Gare bear, I think is something like that. Gare oh, bear really? 57. Okay. I'll send it to you. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's just guys like that. And like, um, I've talked to Chuck, I've talked to Jarrell. Um, but like JP, I mean, I know JP like joined the Navy, right? Oh, dude, if he did, that's news to me. Oh. And that might be a recent thing. Um, JP got married, I know. He's got a little girl. He's okay. back in Stockton, I believe. Okay. Um, Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah, it might have been somebody but else. I don't know. I thought he joined the military, like, when he got done. I don't think so. Okay. Never mind then. JP doesn't seem like a military guy. All right. Maybe it wasn't JP. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, like, JP's doing good? I think so. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, I saw him. Was it the re, uh, spring social last year? I think okay. was the last time. Okay. We were palling around on the field and telling stories and catching God, we up. Missed that this year too because that of COVID. Bummer. Yeah. That was a big bummer because yeah. it was the, I think April 10th and 11th and I had already like planned. I was like, I'm not doing cases that day. I'm golfing in the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hanging out all day Saturday, drinking early. Like this will be a great weekend. And then obviously it wasn't, but yeah, um, yeah that that's a great idea, Spence. I mean, just go back and. Check in with some people, hear their story. What are yeah. you up to? Where you been? Yeah. What's new? What was cool? Even doing um, like the Varsity B tailgate mm-hmm. before games. That was I, fun. I would always go to it just yep. to see who would show up. And every once in a while, like you get someone like... You get a random in there. Or yeah. like a, you know, somebody that's in town or something. Yep. That was really fun. Yeah. And that's when I saw Jeremy Avery too. And it was like... You know, that, he's that's, in town. He's in town. But yeah. that's one of those guys that it's like, he was so fucking nice to me when we were there and we'd always bullshit about stuff and he was always one of those guys like we were fucking different people you know but he would he would come Slightly. up and, he would come up and say shit to me like yeah. joking around with me in the weight room like i mean he's not the strongest guy in the world so like i benched like over 400 pounds and he comes up and he's like you're a bitch dude like just shit like that and it's like i miss his his humor yeah i just missed his humor and Seeing him and knowing that he has three kids and he's got a good job and all that stuff, yep. like that warmed my heart. It was yeah, so was cool. cool. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. yeah. I love Jeremy. He's such a good dude. Same thing. Uh, not the strongest dude, but for how small he was, that dude was strong. Yeah. Yeah. I used to live with Jeremy. Uh, I think it was like early on. And shit, I remember him inclining way more than me. And being, oh, really? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little bitch. Like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, dude, some of those dudes, it'd, it'd be really good to catch up with yeah. and, and get their story on for yeah. sure. Um, well, I was going to ask you too, did you have a tough time when you were done playing like mentally? Um, mint, I mean, like, I don't think I ever was depressed. I was disappointed. Yeah. Um, and cause you, you know, my own journey as any, you know, with anything, I think the transition was the hardest thing. And yeah. I think like not ever feeling satisfied in that same way was the biggest thing to try to figure out. Yeah. Um, that's funny you say that. Cause like, I had a blog for a while. Not that I like put it out there, but it was just like almost like more of a journal. Yeah. And a lot of the topics came about were in that transit. When I started writing was in that transitionary phase of like last time I was going to play football, trying to get a job or was like, you know, kind of in that two or three month window of in between and really trying to process a lot of that. Yeah. And it was more about, I don't think I, I mean, I wasn't unhappy. It was unsatisfied with where, how it ended. And, but I mean, that's kind of, you know, 
that's the the game. It it's done with you before you're done with it. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's yeah. a lot of the time, but I think the the challenge came in finding how to put that same energy, focus, passion, you know, effort into something else. Yeah, and and actually figuring out that you kind of have to break it up into different ways to get that same fulfillment or that same reward out of that that energy, effort, and passion that you put in yeah. to football. Yeah. Um, and so that took me a while. I think that before I really could truly be happy with that. Yeah. You know, that took a while. Like you kind of have to make peace with it. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah I Come think- to terms, you know, like, okay, this was it. And this is how you get that same set or fulfillment now. Yeah. Yeah. But- yeah. I think only recently I've, I've started to make my peace with it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I did find, I found something to fill the void and that was CrossFit. Um, and I found other ways to be competitive and like, obviously owning a house now is like one of the ways that I'm competitive. It's like, if the, if my lawn doesn't look perfect, like Dude, I'm pissed. Dad life is so competitive. You look across the street and you're like, how the fuck does he not have weeds? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey Bob. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. But no, it's so true. I, and, and to, I mean, that's kind of what I was trying to say too. It's you find that you can put that passion or that effort or that intensity, however you want to look at it into other things. It's not going to ever be football. Yeah. It's not going to be 80,000 people screaming, but yeah, I, I like yeah, my grass. My grass lines are good, man. <laughs> my grass lines are better than my neighbors. Yeah. I like, what, I like what you said about um, you having to break it up because I, I came up with like a whole curriculum thing that I pitched to varsity B. I pitched it to Sarah Swanson, Mark Paul. Like I tried hard to get that stuff in and I'm, I'm hoping at some point, you know, we can figure out how to do it or what to do exactly. And I don't know, I don't think I want it to be a BSU thing because I think once I, I give it to the university, they'll, they'll turn it, it into something and they'll own it. Um, so I want to keep it like close to me. Um, but yeah, breaking things up. Like you still have to be able to do something physical. That's what, yeah, exactly. Because there's that physical competitiveness. Yep. But like, if you go to Axiom and work your ass off or whatever. Excuse me. The um, beer burps. Yeah, beer burps. Beer all day. I know. <laughs> the competitive side maybe isn't there, <clears throat> so you you might need to find like a sales job mm-hmm. or a real estate job or something, yep. and that's where you can get that. Whether it's a dopamine rush or whatever it is, that's, it is. that is whatever those endorphins are released, you know, from that stress. It, yeah. it's a stress, really. Yeah. I mean, it's like putting yourself through it, but yeah, totally. Yeah, and then yeah, it's like overcoming that thing and like seeing how much hard work you put into it paying off. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I mean, you can't bang heads with people until you're until you want to retire at fifty five or whatever. Um, apparently, Mike Tyson and <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, Roy Jones Jr. think they can. Oh my god, fifty what four and fifty one? That's absolutely ridiculous. Dude, that's talk about CTE. Yeah, you and I have enough of that. Yeah, they're gonna get so much. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's another thing, too, is like being open with head trauma. I mean, I don't think we talked about it that much when I was at Boise State. I know that it's still, when we were there, that's when like, when Winston knocked out Jaquiz Rogers or whatever. Stiff as a board. Yeah, stiff as a board. They use that as like the teach tape tape in the NCAA of what not to do. And so I think think there was a lot more attention paid to it when when we got there. But still, dude, like... They were barely like scratching the surface when we got there. Yeah. Like, do you remember? So you remember the te- the computer test we had to take yep, yep. for the baseline? You know. Yep. I remember specifically hearing people talk about, "I'm gonna fuck this one up so that if I am concussed, 
I can, it doesn't matter what I get on it so I can get cleared again. That's so fucked up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we, but we didn't think it was that big of a deal. Yeah. Like, I, I remember, okay. Yeah. 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 Concussions, yeah. blah, blah, blah. That's probably not great in the long run. Eh. Yeah. But you're not thinking about that when you're there, but there wasn't an Aaron Hernandez back then, you know, like yeah. that case hadn't happened. You know, the junior sale hadn't happened yeah. yet. The, the guy from Kansas city hadn't happened yet. You know what I mean? Like all these now that were since events where you see that, that CTE, that head trauma translate into very, very terrible scenarios for these people that, you know, mental health and all that stuff. Yeah. We, we didn't know. Yeah. And yeah. think about the, think about the generations before us. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying too, is like, you know, I hope those guys like Schleck and Woody are okay, or, you know, they're keeping themselves busy enough to mm-hmm. where maybe that's not affecting them because I'm, I'm afraid if I slow down or I stop learning that, you know, I'm going to get in trouble and I'm going to lose it. And there's still like, there's still certain things that I think about. Do you think, do you feel that way mentally and physically? Cause I'm, I'll tie that in, but physically that is a huge thing for me. Yeah. I, I think, I don't think there's any other offensive lineman besides maybe like Mason Hampton is the only guy I've seen, but I, I stayed active as fuck. Like from the day I finished yeah. playing, Corey Corey Wyarty's pretty yeah, jacked now. Corey's very jacked, yes. But like, I mean, I ran three half marathons. Like, I I feel like if I slow down, my body's gonna start hurting. Yes. So I I've kept my body myself. already hurts. So I just keep going, and <laughs> yeah. I figure if I slow down, it'll hurt even worse. Yeah. And I've you know I've started to do certain things like take cold showers and try to focus more on mobility and those types of things. But I'm bad at stretching. I need to stretch. (laughs) It's all I need to do. Literally. It's like, Oh my body hurts. Like stress more you idiot. And I'm like, yeah, but lift and then not. Yeah. The, the thing that kicks me in the butt to, to know that I need more mobility is watching professional Olympic weightlifters and like how deep they can squat stuff. They can do like how much they can, I forget what it's called, like a sots press, being in the bottom of a snatch. And oh, and then press pressing out of it? from behind your neck. Yes. And dudes can do like 225 or more. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. And like I can do those movements, but I can't do them either at heavy weight or be comfortable enough in those squat positions. Right. And so I've been trying to, you know, sit in a squat for super long and, yeah. and make it feel comfortable. Because I think that'll translate a lot more than just trying to that's like all. load the bar up with three fifteen. I can clean it. <laughs> Talk about yeah, exactly that, and yeah. that's where I try to trying to get away from and trying to be more, um, I don't know, specific about my training and add know where my deficiencies are, stretching and some of this other stuff. But yeah, I need to work on that stuff. Mountain biking does not help any of that. <laughs> hip, my hip flexors and psoas are always so tight, oh, whether it's yeah. running or because you're that. always bent. You're always like, bent. Always bent and you're pulling. You know, you're pulling up a lot, especially yeah. when um, when you ride clipless. So your feet are connected to the pedals, and yeah. then, so you're pushing down with your hand or with your quad, quad, you know, and then you pull up with your hand the whole time. Yeah, dude. By the end of a ride, like I'm so stiff. Does your back ever hurt? Mm-hmm. Okay, low back that's, stuff. That's but I also I hurt, hurt my low back, so oh. it's it's kind of one of those. Ever since that injury, I feel like that stuff has affected me a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I'm you s- have any big injuries? Major injuries in college? No, dude. Nice. Th- three hernias. Three. Three hernias. bilateral and so, another. Or so I had I had one on my left side after my no, it was after my freshman year. And then junior and senior year, I had junior, I had it on my right side, senior year, I had it on my left side again. Mm. And so when they went in for my, for my hernia surgery on my left side, the mesh. Yeah. So they, they did mesh 
on the outside and the inside, and then they sewed it all in. Wow. And he goes, he goes, like I'm not having you come in for another hernia, and so it's lasted. That's but good. I know it was. Do you feel it? I had a hernia too. Yeah, I can feel it. Oh yeah, I remember uh, after the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, yeah, so actually, I had my surgery before the Fiesta Bowl. Okay. So uh, we, I think it was. I forgot that I think my you... last game was like Utah State, maybe that year. Okay. It was no, it was Idaho. It was Idaho. We played Idaho at home, and I was already banged up. And I took a weird hit and I limped off and I was like, something's not right. Yeah. And I got done and then I got done and I was like, no, this, I go, I don't know what a hernia feels like, but if there was something that sounds like a hernia, this is what I feel. I remember you came and asked me what mine felt like. Yes, exactly. And then I said, I think it feels like that. You went to the dock at St. Al's, right? Uh, I had, it was, I think his name was Baresi. Um, He was my surgeon, but then the, uh, there was Scheffel. Shuffle, yeah, um, was he's the guy still that, there, but no, there was a general surgeon. I don't think mine was Bressy. It was a different guy. Okay. Anyway, same thing. So Mark, I I like twisted Mark Paul's arm into like, please take me to a, a r- real person to check me for her. Yeah, yeah. And he, the guy goes, he's like, all right, you know, turn your head and cough. Yeah. He goes, oh wow, yep, hernia. Yeah. And I was like, how do you know so fast? So I had surgery like two weeks later or like a week later, and then I missed. Two or three games to, I think two games maybe to end that season. Yeah. And then I was dumb. I started, I ran on a treadmill at seven days post-op. Oh my God. Damn. Yep. Yep. It was dumb. Cause, cause we were playing in the festival. Did it come back? Did the hernia it come back? It didn't come back, but I didn't do the rehab well. Like yeah. I was just trying to get back cause I wanted to play in that game. Yeah. And at that point, like up until that point in the season, I was kind of getting involved in the offense and like feeling good, you yeah. know, I was obviously behind Titus and Austin, but like feeling, I was like, I got to get back. Like I got to contribute. It led to so much scar tissue and oh. like bullshit that yeah. got through. I think I actually got dinged in the game and only played the first half. And like afterwards I kind of like, I was hurting real bad, but anyway, got to experience the Fiesta Bowl, got back. And I remember in winter conditionings, like five forty five is that next, you know, January, February. Yeah. Dude, I like planted and just felt like this ripping sensation. Shit. And I was like black and blue down my leg uh, for like six months. I think I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. taking a shower and people being like, whoa, what the, what's wrong with you? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, it's my hernia. Just leave me alone. Like, yeah. My, my wiener was purple for a while. Jesus. I mean, it was just, it was bad. It was Damn. really, really bad. Just did you have decision to, making. Did you have to have another surgery? I didn't. No. Mm-hmm. No. That's weird. And I me, know. Yeah. I can still feel my mesh though. Like even today, like I'll sit there and like just be like. Oh yeah, dude. I, I have a funny. That. I have a funny story about my mesh. So, my wife and I travel a shitload, and we've been you guys on, are always gone. It's awesome. Yeah, we're we're traveling as much as we can. But every single time you go, like we go through the screening, they have those new things where you put your hands over yeah. your head and yeah. it turns once, and uh, and every single time there's a yellow square over my crotch. Shut. <laughs> and up. I know it's my mesh because there's two giant things yeah. of mesh yeah, 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 on, yeah. My, on my left side. And every single time a TSA agent is like, sir, would you like a private screening? <laughs> give you no, the they, they rub their hands over your no crotch. Way. Yes. And I the know back. It. So yeah. it's even more. <laughs> yeah. So they hold their Sorry. hands together and they like rub the back of their hand over your crotch. <laughs> and then I always have to stand with my legs spread apart and they'll go, they'll go behind you and they'll shove their hand up like really close to your crotch. Yeah. And then like run their hands down your legs, oh, okay. like to make sure you're not, you tell heat or whatever. it's my mesh. 
<laughs> but no, I tell them every time because I have I have like a really tight spot in my back too. Yeah. And sometimes that sets it off. Really? Yep. Yep. And same thing with my wife. She has a tight spot in her back and it's just like a ball of muscle. Dude. I I have one too, but I've never yeah. had it set off the Really? Yeah. We and so every time I go through I tell the TSA guy, I, I say upper left back and crotch. And like it'll Shut it'll up. show up and they're square. like, How the hell do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah. like you can you can touch it if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I remember uh God, it was right before the COVID shutdown. My wife and I went to Disneyland in March and we were going through and getting screened and I did the whole joke with the guys and I remember there were two Boise cops like sitting back cuz they kind of like supervise when yeah. you go through the screening mm-hmm. and then the TSA guys are all hands on. And I remember like the the TSA guy was squatting down in front of me you know, rubbing his hand over my crotch. Yeah. And I remember, I remember I made eye contact with the two BPD guys and they both just started laughing really hard. And I knew that they were like making fun oh of me. My God. And so I walked over past him and I said something to him. Should have winked at him. Yeah. yeah, as, yeah. He, as his both hands were just right in the middle, just give him a nice wink. I, I think when I saw him laughing at me, I like shook my head and it like made him laugh more. Or put your hands, like assume the position, just yeah. put your hands behind your head. Like, yeah. Uh. Have you been traveling at all? Did you do anything after college? Um, I've been on some trips, not enough, not enough, and it's always been something I wanted to do more. It's, it, again, another topic I was hoping we'd get into. Yeah. Um, you guys do such a good job. It seems like it seems to me as somebody who hasn't traveled. I've been to Amsterdam. I went and did Ricky Gerardo and Cedric's oh. um, Lef uh, Legacy European Football Camp. Okay. Um, so we did that. So you helped coach. I helped coach. So yeah. I came over, and it was like me. Who was that? that, that Chuck was there that trip. Um, That's awesome. Sed was there. Donnie. A couple of their, you know. Uh, Donnie, the old running back? No. Do you know Donnie? Um, I think Donnie Heck or. No, Donnie. It's a Dutch last name, but he yeah. played at U of I, I think. Okay. Um, anyway, he, he's a cool guy. Yeah. So. All of us like kind of did the the camp, and that was a three day camp, I think. But I went for seven or eight days. Yeah. So hung out in Amsterdam and just got to see all of downtown, like all the countries. I mean, it was awesome. Like, yeah. said was working a little bit, but he also took us on a bunch of trips, and I mean, it was just a great, great time. So yeah. that's been kind of Europe. Love to go back and do more of Europe. Um, most recently was probably Banff last oh, fall. Nice. That was dope. Dude. Yeah. Banff was amazing yeah gorgeous i went right around my oh right during my birthday it was like the 12th through the 15th or something mine's on the uh, september 14th so yeah late or early fall for them still great weather yeah less lines less like um touristy yeah awesome beautiful beautiful place highly recommend anybody that wants to go see that kind of stuff but no i haven't done much besides that i'd love to do more dude honestly pick a place just, just go. pick a place and just go like yeah. that's how my wife and i did it and we like we didn't know anything about serbia and bosnia yeah and we drove there and it was like nuts it was cool because when you're in a place it forces you to read about it and learn about it sure and so that's why i like traveling it like makes me it just piques my interest to certain things so to that to this day is that how you guys is that how you guys do it like just okay we're gonna go here uh not necessarily there's some places that that we have on our list and the way we travel and this is I don't know why it started like this but we'll fly into one city and mm-hmm. then fly out of a different city and we'll rent a oh, car okay and so like when we 
when we did our Europe That's trip. That's sweet. Yeah, when we did You our, get both aspects, right? I mean, you fly in and then you get to the driving aspect of a lot of places. Is That's that's where you see cool. all the cool stuff yeah, yeah. because it's in between big cities and you mm-hmm. get to see rural areas. But we flew into Munich and we drove to like Budapest, um, uh, Prague, and then mm-hmm. we drove all the way down to Dubrovnik, which is like super south Adriatic, drove up the coast of Croatia, and then we flew out of Zagreb, which is the capital of Croatia. Nice. And... Uh, like recently, we did the same thing in the Midwest. We flew into Bismarck, and then we, oh, I saw you guys. Yeah, when you guys were at uh, what? Uh, we went to Badlands and um, not Rushmore. Is it yeah, Rushmore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rushmore. We went to Mount Rushmore. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The yeah. Badlands looks sick. That Dude, picture was really cool. It was so cool. It was. It's. I don't know. I think it's a cool way to experience any any place you go. And obviously, there's some places like, you know, like I'd love to go to Moscow in Russia, yeah. but I don't know if they'd let me rent a car. <laughs> yeah, right. You know. Um, but, so where'd you guys fly into for the Midwest trip? You flew in somewhere and drove and then dro- flew out again. Yeah, Same so thing. we flew into Bismarck. We rented a car. So Bismarck's uh, capital of North, North Dakota. Dakota. And then we drove down and did um, Theodore Roosevelt National Park. Okay. And we did, um, I think it's called Custer State Park where the Black Hills are. Uh-huh. And that was like crazy rock formations yeah. and stuff. Okay, so that's the one picture I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. And they call, it's funny, they call that the Badlands too. So like the Badlands kind of run it's through that stretch? North and South Dakota. Yeah, okay. And then Badlands National Park is in South Dakota. So we went there. Um, we actually had a really weird experience with some Native Americans. <laughs> so there's a north part of the park and then there's a south part of the park too. And so it's kind of like, you know, Glacier National Park has like yeah. the east entrance, yeah, 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 west yeah. Okay. entrance. Um, and so we, we were drove like almost a hundred miles down to the south part part of the park and there was like a roadblock with like a sign that said wear your mask and we stopped at this roadblock and this native american guy came up to the car and he said he said what are you guys doing and we're like we're trying to go see the south part of the park and he goes oh the south part of the park's closed and there was a gal that took down our license plate number and they weren't letting people in for COVID because they didn't want COVID getting into their reservation, which, no way. yeah, they were like the, I think they're called the Lakota tribe, which okay. at like looking back on it. And after Debbie and I looked some stuff up online and whatever, um, totally fine. Like I don't have an issue with it, but the fact that we drove like a hundred fucking miles to and get there let you guys and we were 10 minutes away, like on oh. Google maps and then we didn't have service. And so I was trying to look up on my phone. I was like, I don't know what road to take. Like, I don't know where we're going now. Turn right back around. So we just I mean, turn around and damn. But it actually worked. Did out. he explain that though, or is he just like, it's just closed? Sorry. Yeah, I don't think. I think they were just kind of. Um, they weren't in charge. Like these people weren't in charge. So I don't think they knew much about like letting people through or like they weren't the decision makers. So I didn't sure. want to get mad at them. But they were at the roadblock. Yeah, yeah. But I. I'm cool with it. Like, I'm not going to I mean, cause a scene or whatever. But it was... A, if it's a park, though, that's a little... I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, okay, well, if it's... If I'm driving onto the reservation, that's one thing I get. And I get get their point, too. But yeah. at least communicate. Yeah, T- yeah, yeah, Tell me why. Well, that's what I thought. Tell like, me why. We like, you, the... can't, you can't just send me, turn me around 100 miles. Like, well, on, they, bro. they told us it was because of COVID. They're not letting people in. They don't want uh, it to affect their tribe. Um, I'm sure they have a bunch of old people that they don't yeah. want to die. And... Uh, but like when we were at the visitor center in the north part, like I wish they would have told us, don't drive down here. Yeah, maybe not be so mad at the the, the gate guys and yeah. more the the visitor center guys. Yeah. Come on, man, tell yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. So we we actually turned around, we drove back up, and left the same part of the park. But it was actually really cool that we did that because we stopped at this tiny bar, 
in a town called Interior, South Dakota. Oh, that's awesome. And dude, it was so freaking hot out. And we went in there and we had, it was like the best beer I've ever had. Freezing cold Coors Light. Yes. My wife and I kind of bullshitted with the bartender. And there were a couple other Native American guys in there. And they said, hey, you guys should do a, a farm shot. And we're like, what's a farm shot? And he said they take every alcohol that's behind the counter that has an animal name. So they oh, had like that's hilarious. Grey Goose, uh, Bison Ridge, Old Crow, um, oh, what's <laughs> wild, wild turkey. wild turkey. And and but they put it into like a big low ball glass and they had a pickled egg and then they take some of the hot mama juice, like Ooh, the, yeah, the yeah, pickle yeah. juice. Spice it up a little bit. They put it in there and then they put all that booze in it. My wife and I did the shot and it was actually like Pretty really good. good. Yeah. That's funny. So it was kind That's of like, really a, cool. like a fun little experience yeah. with the local people. That is cool. Yeah. Were they part of the tribe down there or was it a different group I, of Native American guys? I, there's so many tribes. Like I think, I think there's tons of tribes like all next to each other, sure. you know? So I, I have no idea, uh, but I'm I'm lacking in my Native American history, dude. I am too. I realized that we went and saw, um, oh, Crazy Horse, which is the other monument right by Mount uh-huh. Rushmore, and it's they've been working on it since like the 40s, and I don't know when it's going to be finished, but it's it's huge. It's him riding on top of a horse, like pointing. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. You should look it up. I will. But Debbie and I were walking through the museum there, and it's like I, you know, I've heard a couple names of books like. There's a book called Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee. And I know that's like a very mm-hmm. famous book. I've never read it. I haven't read that one. But um, what's the other one? Um, I think Crazy Horse is one of them. Crazy too. Horse is one. And then there's Empire, Empire of the Summer Moon. Oh, oh, okay. That's kind of in that, that's, well, in that genre, obviously. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. JRE's but he's been talking about those a lot. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I need to read that. See, and that's, I'm conflicted too, because I like reading physical books, but I think I might cave and get like an Audible account and start listening to books. I was so anti because I'm like you, I I prefer a physical book, especially if it's uh, anything even slightly nonfiction Yeah, where it's like, I want to highlight, take a note or rewrite in my own, you know, words Yeah, versus looking at it, you know, page copy over on a page. I have an audible account for work and it's part of our like leadership group. And so they have a bunch of these titles. Yeah. It's so nice to listen to them. Yeah. You can get through so much. I don't know if you retain as much Yeah, because I, my tendency is like, I'll put it in when I'm doing stuff sometimes, which I'm not necessarily a hundred percent focused on like what I'm listening to. Yeah. You hear it and you, you know, it goes through and you process it and it's like, Oh yeah. Whoa, that's really interesting. But if you ask me a question about Ray Dalio's principles like yeah. right now, what was his fourth principle? I'd be like, oh, yeah. no idea, but it was a really good book. I really enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I could tell you that part. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That's the only hard part for me though. I don't know if I retain as quite as much listening. And I'm conflicted too, because of the CTE stuff. I almost think it, it's, it's probably better to read it. It stimulates my brain more to have to read it and retain it. Sure. Uh, and I catch myself. I think everyone everyone does this, not just people with CT. But they'll like read a paragraph, and it's like, oh, I was my my fucking mind was wandering. Yeah, like I have to go back exactly. and reread it. Yeah. Well, the same thing. Listening. Yeah. I'll, I'll even other podcasts I listen to. I'll wait. That was really interesting. But what did he say? Yeah, like the like you catch the last. I part. had to go back ten yeah. minutes, you know, and just yeah. start this whole topic over again. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay. 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 Yeah. You get up. It, it, it is it triggers something in your mind. You're like, yes. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And then you go, and then just down a rabbit hole like we've done five yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. yeah Easy and, to do. And that's, I mean, getting back to the travel thing, it's it's not necessarily that we just randomly like pick a place. It's something that we've, we've been interested in that yeah. we'll 
just go do. Yeah, just go do. That's and, cool. And we had a couple. Um, do you have a like top ten list, or I mean, so we have two on our list right now. That we're supposed to go to um, Argentina and Patagonia. We we're going to fly into Buenos Aires and go to like Uruguay, and then go down and see like the penguins in Patagonia. That'd be sick. And that was in April, and that got canceled. And then we actually just bought tickets. We're going to Tokyo next spring. Ooh. Yeah. And so if you go to Tokyo while the cherry blossoms are blossoming, like that's the time to be there. And we actually have a good friend who's from there. And so she's kind of given us, you know, ideas of what yeah. islands to visit. And That'd be really cool. Um, my brother and I have always talked about doing a Japan winter snow trip to oh. go skiing. Awesome they skiing there. I've heard. Yeah. Insane snow. So yeah. it'd be really cool. I mean, that would be a cool trip no matter what time of year. But if you could tie, okay, I can go skiing for a couple of days and check out Japan. Like that'd be, that'd yeah. be a dope trip. Yeah. And there's, there's other places too that really interest me. So I'd say top 10 right now is South America. Like I'd like to go to Peru. I'd like to go to Colombia. I'd like to go to Argentina. Um, and then I want to go somewhere in Asia and I'd like to go to South Southeast Asia too, and go to like Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. Um, But I also, I want to go to the Middle East at some Mm. point. And there are some places in the Middle East that you can totally go to as an American. It's totally fine. Like Israel, Jordan, Oman, Mm -hmm. United Arab Arab Emirates. would be be awesome to go to. You've ever been to Dubai or anything? No. Have you been to Dubai? No, no, no. But I I didn't know if in your travels, but that would be on my list for sure. Dubai looks sweet. And I know that there's like, you know, you go onto a travel blog or a website or whatever, and they say, like, do not do these things while you're there. Like, you can be an American and go there and like have fun. Yes. But like, don't do certain. Don't bring a beer out into the public square because you'll go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> or like, don't kiss your wife in public. Like, I know that there's weird rules like sure. that. Um, and then my my brother in law and I almost went to Iraq together. Oh. Yeah. So we we had plans to go to What's Iraq. That's Secret Service in you right there, Spencer. That's, that's no pretty bold. It's... I don't know if I'm going to Iraq or Iran or. <laughs> it's so so Kurdistan. There's a town called Erbel which is in northern Iraq, and it's where the Kurds live. And they're a very... I go to Kazakhstan and see Borat, but I'm not, I'm not <laughs> trying to check out the rest. But they're, they're ethnically different from the rest of Iraq. They pride themselves in how clean their cities are and stuff. They love Westerners. Huh. And so we had this plan to go do it. And then, like, we started seriously talking about it. We're not going to take the wives. Like, we're not taking my sister. We're not taking Debbie. And uh, then they killed Soleimani. And then there was like a bunch of unrest and like, we're like, let's postpone this trip yeah, right let's now. Let's hold off. Let's hold off. <laughs> don't want to be white dudes in, uh, uh, in Iraq. Not a good time. Yeah. But like, there's, there's some cool YouTube channels about these guys that are solo travelers and they go to like Somalia, Ethiopia, North Korea, like these weird off the beaten path places. And it looks awesome. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe not North Korea, but, <laughs> but when you think of Somalia, like yeah. I think of like a war torn country and I think of like. Black, genocide yeah black hawk down stuff, yeah. yeah that kind of mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. but there's a whole like spot in the northern part of um of that country that's called somaliland and they want to be independent from somalia huh. and this dude was interviewing these guys on the beach and the guy on the beach is like look at our beaches it's gorgeous here like we want americans to come here but people are just scared to come visit so like that's what really started piquing my interest is I know that there's places that are safe to go. Yeah. That are cool that like not a lot of people get to go check out. And that's that's what intrigues me about traveling. No, for sure. I, I think traveling in general, um, every trip that I have been on, even though limited, is almost like 
mind altering or, you know what I mean? Like it, it changes your whole perspective totally. on where you're at in life Yep. and not necessarily, I mean, you see, I don't know. I don't know what, what that is, but that feeling, it does change things and it makes you, I don't know if it makes you appreciate what you have so much, but it all, I, I think it does do that, but it also makes you wonder and almost like more curious about what's out there. Yeah. That was my thing. I was like, well, shit, if this is like, I'm blown away by what's in Amsterdam or Banff or, you know, Mexico or, you know, the vacation spots that I've been. Yeah. But like, I want to go see like the historic side. I mean, yeah. like, you know, Europe again. Dude, or, think about what went on in Amsterdam during World War II. Totally. Like, that's the stuff that intrigues. The Rijksmuseum was really cool. I went and did that. And that that was part of the, the cool part of that trip too is having that extra day to go and just do, do random stuff that I probably wouldn't do. Yeah. You know. Since I'm alone, it's like fill my time. Yeah. And so, yeah, learning you, about a lot of that. Is Anne Frank's house? In? Anne Frank Museum's there. Yeah. Um, I didn't do that. And just like that same day I wanted to, but it was that. Um, they have the Van Gogh Museum right there. Anne okay. Frank House right there. It's all in like Central Square. Yeah. So it's all kind of in this big mall, kind of like Washington, D.C., you know, yeah. where like all these main attractions are. And dude, it took me like way longer I expected than expected to get through the museum. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I want to go look at this. And then. You got to see a coffee shop real quick and then I got to go, you know, <laughs> yeah. do this. And I was yeah. like, so by the end of the day, I was like, I can't make it over there. But yeah, even then, you know, an eight day trip was not enough time to see one city. Yeah. So yeah. again, I totally agree. I need to just, I think you're right. Just pick a spot and go. Yeah. I, I did those CME, I think yesterday or today and it was travel map of the world it's like where americans can go yeah. right now and it was yeah. like three places yeah. in the world well, that's what i you know people gave me some shit about traveling during covid and i was like you know fuck off like we we can choose to do whatever we want until there's an actual travel ban like yeah you know we're, we're we'll take precautions whatever all that stuff but we flew into bismarck north dakota where there's no one like that was kind of the point of that trip was yeah. like this is the time well and you're driving in a car with just us two. Yeah. yeah. So nobody. You yep. know what I mean? You're yep. not exposed. You can bring your mask. You can do all that. Yeah. Airlines are probably, I mean, airports, maybe the big ones are still kind of sketched just because there is a lot of people. But yeah. I think for the most part, the airlines trying to save themselves are probably doing a really good job of sanitizing. The and whole, like, so you know how like on some flights they'll play the video mm-hmm. of what they've been doing? All that's been revamped for COVID. Yeah. Like how much they're paying attention to cleaning. Yep. They don't even... It sucks. You can't even get like a meal or food now. No drinks, no no snacks, right? Yeah, but they have it in like a pre-sealed bag that they pass out to people. So there's like a water bottle. That's kind of nice. A cookie and like (laughs) Cheez-Its. So better than the cart pushing down the aisle and whacking your elbow or your knee when you're asleep and not saying sorry. Okay, I have your leg. I have a bone to pick with people who walk down the aisle and bump into everyone because I'm fucking huge. And I walk and you, down and just don't do it. I avoid everyone. I try to be like the best person I can. Like a and ninja. then like, yeah, somebody walks past and like bumps me on the shoulder and I look and it's like a skinny dude. I'm like, how are you so inconsiderate? Are you an aisle or window guy? I do aisle because my wife likes the window. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So that's nice. I used to be window as a kid growing up. I was like, I want window. Yeah. I want window. Just let me know. Then I realized on a flight being young. I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. Both people next to me are asleep. Oh, I feel yeah. really bad waking them up. You yeah. know, it just makes me feel weird. Yeah. I have to go to the bathroom. But so now I'm an aisle guy. Yeah. You can stretch out a little bit, the whole deal. 
I, for whatever reason, it's my karma. I did something wrong yeah. at some point in, in my traveling career. Every single time I sit down and I'm finally getting comfortable. And, okay, I let the other two people in. Okay, we're good. It's the one seat in front of me or behind or right next to me. The guy has to put his bag and his ass ends oh. up in my face. Yeah. <laughs> Just smashed up against me as he's reaching in his overhead bin stack, and it's he never can get it in on the first try. Yeah, shoving it didn't fit that way. I'm like turning around, turn around, turn the fucking bag around, bro. Like, yeah. get your ass out of my face yeah. every time. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't I'd know what I did. If if people are listening and somebody tells you, like one of the airline workers, before you get on the flight, hey, maybe that bag, like we'll check it at the gate for you. Take their advice. Take because it. Because sometimes you're getting onto like a smaller plane that doesn't have a ton of room in those overhead bins. Yeah. I'm all about that now, especially when baggage fee. Okay. Yes. Well, 50 bucks for your bag. Fuck. And then you get to the gate and they're like, hey, we'll check it for free. You're like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. I take advantage of that. We take advantage of that stuff. But you know what's fucking horseshit is so you go on to kayak.com or you go to Delta's website or whatever. And you're like, oh my God, I can fly to Salt Lake for 250 bucks, like, yep. or whatever, what a cheaper than that. And then you go to check out and it says, oh, if you and your wife want your seats together, it's an extra hundred dollars. And you're like, the fuck? Like when the I'm fuck? I'm buying did, two tickets. When did you start charging for like all this tiny little crap? Nickel and dime. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That's why I'm frankly, I'm kind of, obs- I mean. All the bailout stuff from COVID, you know, and it's, it's like going to these airlines. I get travels down. We need them yeah. at some point. At the same time, this has shown, I think this pandemic has shown that some things can change. Yeah. I think work travel is going to change a lot. I think working in general is going to change a lot now yeah. that so many people have been productive in an at-home environment. Yeah. And honestly, getting back to like the mental health stuff a little bit, that might be good for people. Yeah. That might be really good to not have to, keep, you know, add a... To an eight-hour workday, add two hours of commuting pre and post yeah. and dealing with that whole thing. So now all of a sudden you're doing a 12-hour day, but you can do an eight-hour, you know, six-hour, five-hour. I mean, from I home. work from home sometimes yeah. and, and can knock out my work in a couple of hours yeah. and then be done. Totally. It's great. Yeah. I think people can maybe have a better quality of life, maybe have a little bit more of that work-life balance. Yeah. And maybe these strikers and these big companies can understand like, dang, we we do get 98%, you know. Yeah. Um production out of these people and they're happier yeah and that i think hopefully i, I don't know both Stuff might change yeah i think both facebook and google have said that they're not having people come in until i don't know like summer 2021 oh wow yeah so Dang. some companies are taking it like super serious and saying, check your facebook app is it working yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's working then it's then, then it's, then it's fine yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's fine good yeah. for them it's gonna start glitching soon yeah oh, shit yeah. I'm going to delete messenger real quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we're dude, we're at an hour and 40 minutes. So I'm going to, is that good? Yeah, it's good. I, I've been trying to keep them. I've been trying to keep them right around uh, an hour and a half. Perfect. Uh, so I, I'm going to give you a chance to get the last word. So if you have something you want to put out there into the universe to people who are listening, um, you can, and I know I'm putting you on the spot, but you, you don't have to do this if you don't want to. No, I have a, I actually, this is good. Uh, okay. I'm, Two and three quarters beers deep, so I have a little bit of liquid courage. Uh, Spencer, thanks so much, man. This is really fun. Yeah. One, great talking to you again. Yeah. It's been, you know, it's been a while since we last connected at Dan's. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess before that at Dan's. Um, great catching up. Love to work out. We need to do that. Yeah. I'll come out. T- I'll come mountain bike too. Deal. Yeah. Trade. I'll trade you one. Okay. There we go. All right. Then that you can kick my ass. I'll kick your ass. <laughs> okay. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know.
Um, but no, you're, this has been really inspiring too for me because I think we talked about it at Dan's thing. I've, I did that blog for a while. I've always wanted to be, I don't know, put myself out there more and kind of been nervous and shy to do that in, in this kind of setting and like a, you know, a platform setting. Yeah. And, but you doing this and inviting me on, that's, that's really kind of triggered some things. So I think, you know, at some point if people like this episode and like what I had to say, maybe, um, maybe they'll check out my pack, my podcast at some point, uh, TBD it's coming out though. Yeah. I think this is really kickstarted that. So thank you again. You know, great topics. It was fun catching up on all just random stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was a great time, man. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, of course. All right. We're done. Sweet. Okay. Awesome. Yeah.